Welcome along to episode 26 of the Endless Stream podcast. I am Aiden, and this week I am joined by Kevin and Cree, who is sitting in for Brian. We are three illustrators, artists, animators, filmmakers, and just all-round shit talkers. Each week we take some of the endless stream of content brought to you through Disney+, Plus, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, YouTube, Spotify. Wherever you get your content, we take a chunk of it, we watch it, and we talk about it. This week we're talking about What If, and we're talking about Only Murders in the Building, we're talking about the games trailers of this week, we touch on Shang-Chi a little bit, but we try not to go into spoilers on that one. But generally, given the nature of these conversations, they are very spoiler-heavy. We let you know in advance what we're going to watch, and we do talk about it completely. So if, if you haven't seen this week's episode of What If, maybe go off, give it a look, come back and join the conversation. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the podcast or heading over to Instagram, where you will find at the endless cast we do illustrations and we put audio clips up there and we've recently just finished running a competition where we were giving away an illustration to one of our listeners that listener was gear.thrasher and he was announced on last week's episode he has requested an illustration of spawn which we are working on and we'll put a video together of the drawing process soon if you want to comment or email us again at the endless cast on instagram we'll respond to messages over there or theendlesscast at gmail.com. You can send us recommendations. You can respond to our thoughts with your thoughts. Let us know what you think of the podcasts. Let us know what you're watching. Suggest stuff for us to watch as well. All of that being said, let's get into this week's episode of The Endless Stream. There's a load of trailers this week, folks. I sent a bunch of them into the chat. What if is the prime thing this week, really, um, in terms of like us setting ourselves an agenda? Cree and I watched Shang-Chi. Did Cree see Shang-Chi? I didn't, no. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? Oh, sorry, I thought I you saw still, it. Yeah, no, I really, I really, 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 really want to, but uh, I don't want to go to the cinema just because, uh, you know, regulations and people, yeah. you know, not getting vaccinated and stuff. I just kind of want to play yeah, it safe for now. So yeah. I'm going to wait until it's on Disney+. Plus. I think it comes on Disney+, Plus in October, but I'm pretty sure it's yeah. probably going to be Premier Access. So I'm happy to pay that, but I just, I'm trying to avoid spoilers at all costs. So if you guys want to talk about it at any point, I'll just like pop my headphones off and you guys could just give me a signal. To um, I think we can, keep it, we can keep it vague enough. Because like, the thing is, I don't know if Kev, you did go and listen to the rest of the last week's episode after you bailed, but like, um, we talked about it yes. end to end. I mean, broadly, did you enjoy it, Kevin? Without overhyping it immensely. Nice. Yeah. I don't really have a problem with stuff getting very CGI heavy at, at points. At the end of the day, like, kind of, life is mundane enough. Let's just, you know, lean into kung fu madness and just enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, okay, I, I, it's like, I prefer if it wasn't, but it's yeah. not a big, like, a deal breaker for me or something, you know? Um, but I would say, like, considering this is a first Maverick movie after the Endgame, like based after Endgame, because I know we had Black Widow, but that was set, you know, uh, during during Civil War. Well, Far From Home technically was after Endgame as well, but yeah. Oh yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But I guess yeah. So kind of just being the first new property yeah. since since Endgame and stuff. Um. Yeah, like I I think like yeah, I want to see more Chun Chi. I want to see where he goes. Everything you know, brilliant. Like I uh, I guys in like. I, I some of my friends or people I know would be like feel a little bit jaded by it or apprehensive about the future of the MCU and blah blah. Even watching have to watch Shang Chi, I'm not. It's it's after kind of making me more excited. So yeah. Have you have you had anything spoiled for you, Cree? Um, I I had 
Uh, <laughs> let me think. Okay, so I know that Ben Kingsley is in it and there's some sort of headless pet or something. Because that video's up on YouTube. Um, no, I haven't seen any video footage of that, but um, see, okay. I've been trying. And then I think, what, does Wong face abomination or something? Is that a thing that happens? That's in that's in the yeah, trailer. That's okay. kind of that's in the trailer. trailer. Oh, it is in like the trailer. The... Okay, grand. So that's fine. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, like, yeah. I can't remember what was in the trailer and what wasn't. I have to say, by the promotional material, this has the potential to be, like, one of my favorite, if not my favorite MCU movies. So I'm really, really hyped for it. And I'm, like, dying to see it. But you're you're not dying to see it. Hey. <laughs> if you were dying yeah, to see, if you were true. dying to see it, you'd risk COVID, and you'd be like, "It's yeah, worth it." <laughs> okay, well, y- y- well, this is the this is the point. Like, I wouldn't <laughs> risk it for anything. Oh, okay, okay. If I were you're gonna living. risk it for anything, so I would you're, risk you're, it for this. So you no. could say you're living to see it. Yeah, I'm living to see it. That's, that's better. <laughs> yes. Aiden, you can edit that out. Uh, so if you just take it from the top. You're living to see it. <laughs> yeah so i can't wait to see shang chi <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> it but, seems uh, absolutely amazing and i saw i saw the the train scene or, or some of it anyways when they were like you know giving out promotional stuff and it looks so kick-ass the the fight choreography is really great and you know i love and, a good fight like we said it a little bit on last week's episode is when you know for any listeners that missed last week's episode and want to go back um we do go into shang chi completely in depth um but like it definitely feels like they had a, a a big poster of Iron Fist on the wall saying "Don't do this" <laughs> next yeah. to it because they were just like the fights are just so on point by comparison to to anything in Iron Fist, you know. So um, so far, I think my favorite action scenes probably in the MCU probably come from Winter Soldier and Civil War. Would they be on par with that or better? Or, so what's what say what's your scene in civil war that you're talking uh, about? okay so civil war would be like the airport scene and winter soldier would probably yeah. be the the car scene or the elevator and, scene and you know bucky with the knife and stuff that's fantastic yeah so when you think about bucky and the knife that that hand-to-hand yeah. combat those moments are comparable like or 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 better you Amazing. know it, it's you know wait. really good really good kung fu movie fight scenes you know where it's just that that beautiful like pop 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 rhythm of like bam, 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 yeah bam, they're bam, my bam, favorite bam, kind of like fight scenes, I think. bouncing through and around the stuff um in terms of like the airport scene where you get into a big spectacly set piece you know um i enjoyed it but it's not my favorite by the time we get to whatever the set pieces are yeah. you know um and let's leave that as vague as okay. that is and move on because we're in danger <laughs> of digging too deep for somebody that hasn't i was hasn't. just gonna say i i wasn't aware that Ben Kinsey was in this at all. Neither was I, so actually. That was, I wouldn't have been, but... <laughs> yeah, that was a nice surprise. Yeah. And I think it's just... It's just the MCU, Mar- the folks at Marvel, just being really clever and stuff. And it's just like... I have friends that are big DC fans and kind of... I think sometimes they, they say stuff like, oh, that wasn't really good. And it's just like... I think it's almost like they're pointing that out that it wasn't good because it was it was clever. <laughs> you know, like... Uh, I don't know. So some sometimes some DC fans they like they really begrudge Marvel for for having these just like heartful movies that are that are just entertaining, fun, good and stuff. My only regret about it is that like watching say the Winter Soldier and their airport scene, it's amazing seeing all those superheroes come together and fighting and like you know seeing them on screen and interacting is brilliant. I wish I read more Shang Chi in the past because I, I you know I read a diverse range of comics and characters and stuff. There's no issue there as such. 
but I wish I read more Shang-Chi because I think if you're a fan and then you were going to cinema and you were going to see this movie I think you'd be happy and you'd be impressed and I, I think it'd be like more exciting but it's awesome I heard somebody say or saw I don't know if it was a tweet I'm going to butcher it as well is that like when DC trusts an auteur the film you get is amazing yeah and Marvel won't hire an auteur that breaks their mold. Do you know mm. what I mean? Marvel They've stick to formula. the framework of the plan that they're making. Mm. Yeah. And and you can do something visually or you can do something a little narratively excessive like a Taika Waititi doing Ragnarok because he is the, the, the clearest example of a very... Um, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, identifiable filmmaker you know, working within that, that framework. But, you know, that's not that's not a Joker and that's not a Dark Knight and that's not a, you know what I mean? Like, so there is something to the idea that, like, Warners will let, for the good and the bad, a filmmaker do their film, you know, in the case of Snyder. Oh, Jesus. They should do not think, have. Do you not think these um, Warner Brothers have been more uh, guilty of uh, being controlling and possessive or uh, interfering in uh, DC projects as opposed to Marvel kind of just collecting the right talent kind of giving them the frameworks to do their thing and stuff I don't know I don't think it's black and white I don't think you can say either of them are like you know powerhouses of uh, morality necessarily but um, <laughs> well not, not not morality more just kind of like in, in, in producing just good movies but the thing is they didn't trust Air to make his Suicide Squad and they didn't That's trust insane, yeah. Snyder to make his Justice League yeah. but they trusted James Gunn to make his Suicide Squad and it was great they trusted Christopher Nolan to make his Batman franchise and it was great they trusted um, uh, they trusted is it James Wan? James Wan yeah for Aquaman making, Aquaman uh, Aquaman yeah yeah I mean whatever you want to say he made his Aquaman yeah, movie yeah, like yep. it's I'm not I'm not a big fan of it I think it's too Silly, um, and it's Patty Jenkins. Wonder Woman was Wonder Woman, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Shazam. Um, Shazam. They let the guy make. You know what I mean? Like, but like that's an easier sell. You know, it's not quite as. Um, he's not. He's not doing anything Shazam's too ludicrous. Probably my but like, DC movie, to a degree. they. It the DCEU ones, I think. Yeah, but yeah. even still, for me personally, I don't. I haven't actually watched a DCEU movie that totally worked for me like shazam was probably the most enjoyable for me but it was just i think i i don't know i had issues with the pacing it just didn't feel quite right to me uh-huh. i don't know if you felt that yeah the the stuff with the villain yeah was a bit weird to work into whatever felt, like, else was going on or you know, something. But- um, but it, it had yeah. a great it had great potential and i really thought that zachary levi was like fantastic and uh really funny um, that ending was amazing. I did. I didn't see it coming, and when it happened, I was just like, "Oh my god, it's such a sweet!" Like I was, I was like, "That's amazing!" It tied into all the themes. It was like, I was like, "Yeah, this is such a sweet um, moment." I don't know how you call it mechanism for the ending to bring everybody together mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to bring you know the the kids together as a family, and it was there from the very beginning and we just didn't notice it, you know, the like... Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good yeah. movie, yeah. Uh, if people haven't watched it, exactly, Zachary Levy is in Chuck and watch Chuck. It's it's great. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It's uh, yep. it's silly. Yep. 
espionage kind of really really pulls on the old heartstrings uh just a fun tv series and my god when it i i, I you know there's a few tv series i would have watched just put it myself without other people or whatever you know and chuck was one of them and when it ended it honestly felt like a breakup it was just like or somebody passed away it was just like oh i'm never going to see these characters again doing their thing again it's brilliant yeah it was definitely one of those shows as well though when it started airing that it was like this is a jock and nerd face you know it's like here is a six foot five, two hundred and twenty pound man going. I'm such yeah, a nerd. Yeah, yeah. But, you, but know? you know what? He, he does well at it. He does well at it. To be fair, um, but yeah. uh, do watch it. Uh, if you watch Firefly, uh, what the call him is in it? Um, oh God, I can't think of his name. Nathan Fillion. No, Baldwin. He's a Baldwin, I think. Is it? Billy Baldwin? No. He's Casey. Uh, he's. He's the he's the fellow who wears. Yeah, the he's, he's not actually Jane. a Baldwin. His, oh yeah, yeah. His last name is Baldwin, but he's not actually one of he's them. He's not Baldwin, no. But he's in no, no, no. He's he's. In, I think his name is Casey in the show. Okay. He's a hander. There's an FBI hander, a CIA hander, and they have to deal with this guy who has kind of sensitive information. I won't say anymore. Give it a shot. It's cheap. It's bad. It's like every episode has a cameo or like has a, a new femme fatale, and it's just it's over the top stuff. But I just. I don't know. It's just so much fun. It's so silly. I loved it. Loved yeah, it. I'll check it out. I watched a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. Bryce Larson. Um, that was such a good show. Yeah. <laughs> Bryce Larson? He was he was his friend who was kind of always better than him in college and stuff and was a it's it's just it's good to watch. Yeah. Okay. Um So let let's do a little rundown of the trailer stuff. So there was a there was a PlayStation game event. Um I don't know enough to know what the fuck that was called. What was that called? Um, PlayStation. Ah, look. Pl- pl- PlayStation Gaming Games. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, my I, I, takeaways... I, Go on. I was just going to say, just because we, we were mentioning the Spider-Man trailer. Mm. And uh, Miles Morales, there's a, there's a, there's a, I've seen like, it's like a screenshot that's being shared online and stuff in Spider-Man and, and, and Spider-Man, Peter and Miles. And uh, just... The whatever way they've lit Miles Morales' suit, it's borderline skimpy. It's black. And oh, it shiny. looks a bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's really strange. So, you, so you think he looks just a bit too much like a, a submissive? Um, I think. Does Peter think, bring big dom energy? No, Peter's definitely not big dom energy. Um, I'm gonna see if I can find it. This this conversation uh, isn't going where I expected it to. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, I thought it looked really good. Like if I, mean, I had if a you PS5, saw two grown men walking down the street in rubber suits, what would you think? <laughs> Comic Con is this way. That's what I think. <laughs> Just tying each other up with their webs. Uh, whatever floats your boat. While you look for that picture, then um, the trailers that I looked at specifically, like there's loads of there were loads of other games there but like i'm a complete franchise whore for this sort of stuff like there's so many games that like i don't go near them just because i don't recognize the franchise it's like it's a batman game Stick it's a star wars you. game it's a superhero game spider-man 2 reveal trailer so this is the first sequel to that spider-man game from the ps4 for the ps5 natively yeah i think it's only for the ps5 like they made the miles morales game as a release title for PS5, but it was really an add-on to the first Spider-Man game. God of War, Ragnarok is there. The last God of War game was 
hugely, hugely, hugely popular. I never played any of them because I still have yet to get a PS4. Hopefully I will be getting one of them soon, but um, that does look amazing. God of War and God of War Ragnarok. The, the, I love the kind of wild aspect. Kev is showing us a picture of Miles Morales in the Spider-Man game and he's just holding it up to the screen. <laughs> And he is expecting us to infer from the shininess that it is a bit gimpy. I mean... It's a cool suit, though. <laughs> Kev will be upgrading his gimp suit. Yes. I mean, I mean, I would... I would totally wear something like that at a Halloween party or thing if I wasn't a little bit... A little bit pudgy. Well, it'd be cool. Spider-Man suit's cool. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Well, if, to be fair, Into the Spider-Verse has made it cool for chubbier guys to wear Spider-Man suits because of yes. Fat Peter. Yeah, I'm pretty much going to do a Fat Peter or Fat Tour this Halloween, if I have a Halloween. How would you beat it to Thor? I mean, last year. Pardon? You did, you did, you did that before. Yeah, before, I did Thor. You? Bro Thor. Yeah. It was very comfortable. Bro Thor. <laughs> Best costume. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm going to do it. But, uh, or I could do it. But um, last year for Halloween, it was just me and my girlfriend, because of obviously COVID and stuff, we didn't do anything. But we but we did actually dress up in costumes in the apartment ourselves and carve pumpkins in Halloween costumes and then just did it, took photographs of ourselves in the hallway with, with, with different lighting for the craft. That's fun. It was actually good fun. Are you, are you dressing up this year, guys? Scary movies. Oh, I do. I always, I'm always up, up, up for it. I'll do anything. I dress as Misty from Pokemon once. Amazing. <laughs> there were pictures. <laughs> yeah, you were, there, you were there that night with us, Aiden. I was there that night. I think I was... Was I the Viking that night? Yes, you, you had a brilliant costume, yeah. Or, or this, was it the skull mask? I can't remember what it was. Skull mask. Skull mask and Viking. Viking definitely suits you. You had the big... Yeah. Viking hmm? definitely suits you. You don't think... You don't think Misty suits me? Oh, yeah. It does. No, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got this, like, paper craft polygonal, like, half skull mask for a Halloween costume cool. one year. And it was, like... It was just me wearing, like, a black... It was, like... It was a real low-key costume because it was just like black shirt, black trousers, black black hoodie. And it was a nice big hood. And then I just completely like put black makeup all over my face. And then that white mask. You only work in black and sometimes very, was... very bright white. Yeah, exactly. So the, the white mask just like I would be walking down the street and then I would turn and people would just see a guy in a hoodie and then the head would turn. And like I got screams out of people because they just suddenly the white pop of the face scared the crap out of people. Oh, that's fabulous, Kevin. Kevin is showing us his uh, his misty costume. Uh, he's got a togepi, so it's pretty complete. Yeah. Nice uh, little red with the... converse. Yeah, it was actually, and I painted the yellow stripe on him. I try to make it as accurate as possible. Yeah, and the short shorts. I also oh. wear a wedding dress one year. Oh, that's cool. That was very chesty. It was very mm. corsety. Yeah, yeah. And you did resolve at one point to stop dressing as female characters for Halloween, didn't you? You did it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I did it a lot for a couple of years. I, I just, I kind of just cross-dressed, I guess. But, I don't know. I mean, clothes are clothes. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't at all insecure with it. It's what I wanted to wear, so it wore. No, of course. no I mean? absolutely yeah. not. Absolutely not. I think it was just yeah. you were, you were uh, uh, deciding that it was time for a slight change <laughs> yeah. of expectations because people started to expect you to, like, like what dress is Kevin wearing this year? Yeah. It was yeah. kind of. Yeah. There was a couple of years where I did it, and then I was just like, yeah, no, people might actually just be either kind of would formulate an opinion uh, which I probably wouldn't really care about actually to be fair well I don't really care no the, the, the opinions not to yeah. you, you just always want to um, uh, defy expectations um, you know yes di- diversify yeah yeah and hmm. so but I, I've not done a superhero I don't think I don't think I've ever done a superhero for Halloween and it's been my dream I mean you could do bro Thor yeah it's pretty yeah, it's pretty cool 
very cheap too. <laughs> I'm just, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just talking in terms of like the simplicity with which you could put together a Thor costume. Yeah, all these you days. need is a green hoodie, um, like checked uh, pajama trousers, um, and then a kind of like a red robe that's like short sleeved. I just, I just got a hoodie, a red hoodie, and tied it around my my neck, and it kind of worked. And then I had to use a fake I have, beard. I have to look into it. Yeah. See, I have the beard and exactly. Hair. I would have done Spider Man, except for I have the beard and brown <laughs> hair. It's not as good. I would have done like Spider Man. Maybe you could do like Aquaman or something. Oh God, a bro Aquaman! <laughs> no one wants to see that. Let's put you next to Jason Momoa. Oh. Um. That hurts. Nobody ever wants to be put next to Jason Momoa. <laughs> just like keep that guy on the other side of the room. I I I I'd stand next to him. I would and too. If he I have to say. Talk, I might come across more more charismatic, and even though he's very charming, I would stand next to him for also other reasons. <laughs> That's a mood. <laughs> photographs. Photographs. <laughs> Not the sexual type. Regular types of photographs. Um. But yeah, anyways, that's cross-dressing. So there was a Spider-Man 2 video game. <laughs> it looks cool. Like, they've kind of just... I, I don't know. Like, the, the the thing with Spider-Man games is they have kind of... They've kind of worked out how to do them. Like, even, when, even on the GameCube, you know, it's just like, here is a representation of the entirety of New York, and here is swinging. And it is just fun to swing around a city. And they do better or worse jobs of that, depending on which game you're playing. But... Like I, I don't think there's been a Spider-Man game in a while where I haven't just enjoyed flying around the city. You know, um, yeah, I didn't I, play that last one on the PS4 that everybody said was astounding, which is really good. like a a drop in the ball on my tut, tut. part. I, I dropped, I, I dropped the ball. Um, Pick it back up, but, man! Come on. But, well, I just I didn't I didn't have a PlayStation, and it it was kind of exclusive, wasn't it? Like, can I get it on PC? I yeah, I have no idea. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but it looks like Venom's going to be a playable character, which I thought that was Craven's voice, and then as Venom shows up, it must be Craven talking, and then Venom shows up. The the Craven is going. Is there one of you that can challenge me and give me the okay. the the chase I want? And then Venom goes, "We can." Mm. Mm. So I think it's Craven. Mm. Cool. Will you be playing the new Spider Man game, Kevin? Uh, I don't have a PS Five. I didn't get one for Christmas last year. So, I don't know. Santa wants to give me one this year? Maybe. But uh, I actually have to finish the last one. I have to finish it. You started playing that a few times, though, didn't you? Yes. Yes. I have I have commitment issues. Not to my lady. My lady is everything. <laughs> but in terms of video games, yes. Okay. Um, the other trailer from Insomniac Games, then, which was a surprise, was Wolverine. the Wolverine trailer. Yeah. Wolverine. 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 Does whatever. Radioactive. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone any thoughts on the Wolverine game? Uh, There's yeah, been a couple of attempts at it. Has there? Yeah. Has there been Wolverine games? I can't remember. I think Mark Hamill did the voice of Wolverine for one of them. And you you could slip into like hunter mode and you would see the scent trails of people and and follow them around and sneak up behind them and, and like <laughs> but kill. the trailer doesn't show any game. <laughs> game. No kill. gameplay, I don't think. No. Yeah. It's just a teaser, kind of, I think. The success and the fidelity that Insomniac Games have brought to Spider-Man is now being turned to Wolverine. And if you look at a Wolverine game, you don't need 
to have an entire city to swing around. You know, like when you when you make a game as expansive as Spider-Man, where you have to swing around the entire city the entire time, or you have to allow the player to go anywhere they want to, you absolutely start to have have to start making concessions in terms of like, you know, can we open all of these doors? No, because I need to focus on getting the entire city built. You know, you you pare back your scope a bit to allow for. You pair back the scope of interactiveness to allow for the expansiveness of the environment. Um, Wolverine doesn't cover that much distance that quickly, so they can be a little more like, in theory, that can be, you know, they can put more attention to detail into like, like, the environments like little, that he actually does occupy. Like a little, little bit sense? more like Red Dead or GTA in terms of he can kind of ground level and go into buildings. I think that is a thought process. I'm not as familiar enough with the, the extent to which uh, Red Dead is like I haven't played the most recent Red Dead um, but yeah that's that's the thing it's great to see it's great to see a really big games company making AAA superhero games because there's been a lot of like you know like almost mobile games where you're just like you know now play as this character and now play as that character and, and the even the Avengers game to a, a, an extent that they brought out is a little bit like um, here's a, you know, here's a downloadable add-on for this thing because a new movie's coming out. It's a little, I don't want to say cheap because it's probably spending a fortune, but it just doesn't feel like a nice, complete, holistic story for that character. Just more like a sandbox to fuck around in. Yeah, the Avengers game was was like people weren't really fond of that, were they? Or I I don't know because I never played it, but. I think I think it was one of those ones that got released and then as they started releasing patches and upgrades and stuff, it got better. I believe it's right. a pretty decent game mm. if you play it. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they, they, they started tying shit in with, you know, events and stuff. Like, there's... Um, the stuff that people initially reacted to was, like, when you saw the trailer and you saw the, like, this is what Captain America looks like and this is what Thor looks like and this is what Iron Man looks like. And it's like, oh, God, it's like... Because we have such an image in our head now of the the MCU cast that it's just like, yeah. why are these guys slightly different? You know, even that Midnight Suns oh, yeah, game that. that we saw the trailer for last week. It's like, or the week before. You know, the, when you when you let a game designer at costumes, you know, it's like, well, this is the Wolverine costume, but now I'm going to add intricate scroll work, and here's some nuts, and, and lights, here's some bolts, and, and like, lights, let's put a panel yeah. here. <laughs> And, and everything gets a lights. light, and it's like just like glue on feathers and googly eyes. Why do you think they like? Because I always, I often think about like you know, okay, so we're getting a Spider-Man, another Spider-Man game, which is fine. Spider-Man is probably Marvel's most popular superhero, and then you were getting a Wolverine game, which is fine. He's he's again Marvel's probably most popular. X-Man, which is a big franchise, but then we were getting a game like Midnight Suns, right? And it's just like I understand that they're putting like multiple characters that are popular into this thing and stuff, but it's like, would it not be better? served if they did like a like a daredevil game or mm. a like a solo i know even tour game would probably be, I, I would see you having more appeal than a midnight sun that, would, that would be terrific is, you know was, was was the pun there that i, I was, didn't quite hear the h but horrific. i think if i get the actual recording <laughs> yeah i mean the the god of war game is a the god and that's going to bring us to the next topic but like the, the god of war game is a great example of how you could do a Thor game because like as much as Thor is a superhero on Earth you know like there's books and books and books and books of stuff where they like adapted all like the the saga stuff where it's like 
you know getting into the actual Norse mythology and he's like dealing with the um, I guess the problem well, I'm, I'm thinking this through as I say it the problem is that God of War game kind of touched so much of that so yeah anyway, you can't really like, bring out uh, something that's already been done it's like hey can I copy your homework sure just change it a little bit well what video game would you like to see then over a Midnight Suns game or are you, are you content with Midnight Suns see I, I'd love to see a Thor game because that God of War game kind of just proves it can work like he has an axe mm. That he throws and returns yeah, to his hand. Yeah. And yeah. it's got a great sound effect and it's got a great weight and there's a little vibrate in the controller as it returns. So it's like, it's so satisfying to fling that axe and just go, and, go and it comes back. It's mm. great. Can I please have the hammer do mm. that? You know? Like, mm. um, and Thor is like, if people saw the trailer for the third game we were going to talk about here off this event, the, the God of War Ragnarok game, um, they've introduced thor into that now and he is again fat thor and people are annoyed that it's a fat thor and then Whoa, there are people why? that know anything about physicality that are like if you look at the world's strongest men they all have that kind of build um because they're not well, worried I saw, about being bodybuilding i honestly saw that image of thor and like i was just like yeah it's probably truer to what he was depicted in norse mythology probably. or something or i i thought it was just like yeah okay at least he's not like a Chris Hemsworth uh, in God of War, you know what I mean? Like I thought, yeah, that's a great. They did something different with it. He has red hair. He has the yeah, the kind of the belly and stuff like that. Like the hammer. It's like yeah, great, cool, something different, nice. Yeah, because he's like supposed it. to have red hair yeah. in mythology, so is he? Yeah, okay. yeah. and then Marvel well, just was like, like no blonde. Yeah. I think that's what happened, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't wasn't a Thor originally like a dentist that would be able to turn into? Thor? Just I can just I just got a visual of him using Mjolnir to like extract people's teeth out of their mouth wasn't Thor a dentist <laughs> um, so uh, this is a, a, another opportunity to plug the Across the Bifrost podcast uh, <laughs> they're, they're doing they're doing Thor comics uh, or they're they're working their way through and I did just listen to them talk about this and I've talked about this before as well like I, I was aware of you know Captain America and 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 marvel comics to a degree but like my biggest immersion in it was we found a whack of comic books in a skip outside a neighbor's house and we just took so them up and old black and white like the 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 british reprints they're like a, a square format black and white and like my mm-hmm. first exposure to that thor character was like a reprint of the origin where dr donald blake is wandering through the woods and aliens are invading but at the same time in trying to hide from the aliens he falls into a cave and finds a stick and if he hits the stick off the ground it turns into Mjolnir and uh, he turns into Thor with it whosoever holds this armor if they be worthy shall possess the power that's cool Um, oh yeah there you go that's it yeah I remember that yeah because wasn't it in the Hulk movie There was a Hulk movie back in the day. Creed just fire a snot rocket off to the. <laughs> Sorry, no, no, I didn't. There was a real football yeah. or move. She just ran away. No, no, I didn't blow. <laughs> I, I, no, I was on her floor. I was trying Is not to get it picked up drugs. by the microphone. That's all. <laughs> it looked like he did, did the football, like the footballer. <laughs> no. Please edit this out. Oh my gosh. God, we're we're a gross bunch of people. Oh God, no, I did. I swear it wasn't a snot rocket. She just snot rocket. You're in your living room. No, that's a carpeted floor. No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Other people occupy that space. It's my room actually, but even so, I didn't. 
god. <laughs> I swear on my life, it, I did not blow. The, on, the only other alternative for what just happened is you just railed a line of coke off. No. You, you just did something. Okay, no, I, I will no explain myself. Okay, so I was I was sniffing, <laughs> but it was going to be like a... What? No, I, what were you sniffing I have hay fever. Oh, so no, I have hay fever, so I was sniffing, but I was trying to not get it picked it up by the microphone, so I was like... <laughs> Just so that you guys could keep just, talking. Just do it again. <laughs> oh, please edit this out. Oh God. <laughs> I literally beg you. This is this is a clip. Oh God, no. Um, so, <laughs> I was watching. Um, so Thor. I was watching what Patriot, and I keep I keep telling people to watch Patriot. And there's a scene where Kurt Wood Smith is like he's a recovering addict, and by season two he's fallen off the wagon, and you just see him in a support group, sitting in a circle, listening to somebody talk about their drug use and he's just sitting here like this and then it goes and now um leslie do you want to say anything and he goes i'm leslie claret the last time i did cocaine was when that guy was talking i had it in the crook of my hand here and i just sat like this so that it looked like i was listening but really i was doing cocaine oh, <laughs> and, and he just like somebody starts telling him off for that and he just, just sits for back the, like for this the viewers again. aiden has his hand <laughs> over his face that's what he means just yeah just just the crook of your by your thumb just under the nose and um patriot is an amazing show please watch patriot and there was me thinking of mel um, gibson i was like huh <laughs> well mel gibson was on cocaine <laughs> kurtwood smith was playing the character <laughs> on cocaine i don't know that about mel gibson was he ever Brian cokey? Would, Brian would probably say it, hey, cut that out. <laughs> cut that out. The, the accusation that Mel Gibson was on cocaine? Yeah, okay, let's let's pause and okay. then get back to God of War before my sniffing tobacco. That's one, two, three. But there was a movie, I remember watching the the, the Hulk movie in like the from the sixties or seventies, seventies I'd imagine, and Thor was in it. And uh, it was a made for T V movie and uh, he was a It was like nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, I was born in eighty eight. Okay, go on. So yeah, I just say it. Uh, he, I just, I just, it only, it's only something that I, like, I don't, I don't know what I was listening to or I heard it somewhere recently, but I think it was probably when I was reading the the Stanley autobiography thing. But it was just like uh, it says about Thor and the dentist. I was like, oh my god, yeah, he was a, a doctor. I thought he was a dentist for some reason, but it's just like, oh my god, yeah, he was at some stage somebody who could transform into Thor. And I, they obviously have completely abandoned that in the comic books. I must, I must look into that more. Yeah. Yeah, they they kind of they kind of did and they kind of didn't. The the mechanism that they had in place was like if he threw the hammer and it didn't get mm. back to him inside of 60 seconds, he turned back into Donald Blake. Oh. So he had to be very careful with where the hammer went, you know? Oh, wow. So if okay. if his, if if he threw the hammer and then somebody tackled him and got him away from the fucking thing, suddenly you're dealing with a, a doctor with a bad leg. Ooh. Um so he he walked around with this cane then he would smash in the ground. Um and when I say that they have and they haven't abandoned that, um, the the Jane Foster stuff recently enough she you know she would do didn't, that you know she would turn into it, Thor she using had something in, in mortal form oh. or whatever didn't she have cancer or something but every time she turned into Thor yeah. it was um, depleting her like yeah her her treatment would go out the window and she'd be back at square one so if she kept turning into Thor she'd um, die eventually wasn't that something to do with her art yeah, I, 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 I tell you what, I have to read, and that's going to be my assignment for this week. I have to read the the Jane Foster arc on uh, Marvel Unlimited, because like I just saw that going on, but like I wasn't buying comics at that point. So can you send me? Can you send me a link yeah. to that to that Unlimited, please, Aiden? And I read it. What? Well. Just send you the link to the issue. <clears throat> okay. 
Yeah, because I find a hard app hard to navigate sometimes. So, okay, yeah, I hear you. You kind of like. So now we're talking about the Marvel. <clears throat> Sorry. So now we're talking about the Marvel Unlimited app on um, iPad, and it's a it's a little janky, but like you can search by a complete A to Z catalog of it, and you kind of have to have a sense of what year or what whatever the arc you're what looking for you're is. How much is this? Yeah, yeah. So in the case, it's about sixty euro for the year. Sorry, continue. I just wanted to. <laughs> um, it. But, it's actually it, quite yeah good it's yeah. actually quite good yeah it has um, if you if you like if there's something you want on it it's worth getting cool yeah it, it's a little bit like um uh like what is it the, the option paralysis type of thing the minute yeah. you open it up you've got so many things to look at that you just go that's great yeah. and then you close it you know but if you know what you're looking for um you know it's it's absolutely great like i went looking for you know uh a spider-man book the other day oh, there are many you see that little loady screen yeah. yeah there you go so that little loady screen is incredibly frustrating <laughs> mm-hmm. because you just think it should load much quicker yeah. than this because it's just but, a jpeg well it's, it's not a, i mean whatever it is it's it's but you know, just but you know a what little mean? Like, it's not like a, it's not like a video or something that, like sometimes a youtube video would load faster than these bloody things yeah but uh but uh, it is a good app and like they have all the i think they have a lot of the cape the the that's a great issue they have um my faction fractions hawkeye on it people are interested in that. yeah so the the thing of it is it's it's um i think it's probably like six months behind the shops huh. you know but if you haven't been buying comics in six yeah. months and you just like they put new issues up every week then it's great it's great yeah. and, and um, also if you if you haven't got access to comic, a comic book store or something yeah the likes of Marvel Unlimited and Comixology are brilliant apps because they certainly kind of reignited my passion for it during lockdown. You know? Um, but yeah, it's a good app. And actually, speaking of the app, they have released new comics yeah. on it, specifically tailored towards the app, done by Marvel, a collection of Marvel artists. They're all issue ones. There's like Shum Chi there. There's a Oh, okay, cool. That's the Jane Foster one. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm gonna read I that love for sure. Helmet. But uh, so they have like, yeah, she it's a it's a badass design. But uh, basically, there's these new apps or these new comics on it where it's I think because I think web comics have done this before, but you're just you're scrolling down as opposed to clicking for the page to turn over. You know what I mean? You're just on mm-hmm. this continuous you're you're on this continuous scroll. Um, Declan Shabby, the Irish artist, he's done a I think a Wolverine story. Um, I was looking at the Shang Chi one. It's it, it's a little bit head melty to be honest, because like I'm not used to scrolling down to it's the format. Is it? Yeah, it's the format. So basically, like it's like instead of like say tapping to get to the next uh, panel or next page, you're actually just scrolling down, and it's like it's like toilet roll. <laughs> it's like just one big that you read. But it, it it lets them do stuff like that is a like, great idea. There's a bad there's a banner that's the shang chi event so they're they're like you know shang chi's coming out so click on that and you've got a whole like selection of like best of issues for that character so you can get a sense of you know who you're dealing with and um we're kind of off topic i think we've lost source uh, lost sight of any particular topic but that's cool now i'm just thinking how much i want toilet roll that has comics printed on it (laughs) You can get you it, can. but read them before, not after. 
Thank you for that. I would not, that would not have occurred to me. <laughs> yeah. It's a, a messy affair, let me tell you. Um, so what else, what else has been in uh, the PS5 convention? There was Guardians of the Galaxy, thing? wasn't there? Oh yeah. There was some more footage of that. I'm not into that game. Or at least I'm not interested in that no. game. You don't want Gamora mm-hmm. of it? No. Oh. Mm. I've been kicked off the call. I'll uh, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> no Gamora that. Get less of it. No Mora. Nebula, yeah. let's move on. Oh, Star Lordy. <laughs> let's get to the groove um, of the problem. Okay, I'm sorry. Rocket Raccoon! So, you, so there, there was a trailer for um, moving on. Deadly Cuts, which is an Irish movie. Yes. Cree, tell us about this. Uh, yeah, well, I, ba- I saw the trailer. If I can't remember the plot points, uh, I'm sorry. But basically, there's these hairdressers. Um, and I think they're entering like a hairdressing uh, competition. But everyone else is, you know, like proper posh. Um, you know, like really cool. Um, like high end hair salons. And, and these come from like a... A really small one in like some so I can't remember where it is but um yeah it looks and it's like it looks really really funny but I think there's like is there murder or something like I can't I can't remember exactly but it is it looks really really funny um so everybody should go watch it when it comes out um or go look at the trailer it's called Deadly Is it going to be in the cinema? Um yeah I think it should be coming out in the cinema I don't see why it wouldn't be um yeah so it's called deadly so cuts the, the name of the, the salon, salon yeah, is, the salon uh, is called deadly cuts the name of the salon is called deadly cuts which is for our our uh, international listeners deadly is a, a bit of a inner yeah. city irish or just irish in general kind of irish like in general something's cool, yeah. something's, cool deadly. something's good's deadly um well, deadly well, cuts. Say, so you've got I great haircuts <laughs> it's basically i'm from the country hmm? and we just say i'm from the country and we just say deadly that's yeah. deadly i used to say it that's I don't really say it anymore. And it's funny because a ca- tattoo artist I know in Canada, his shop is called Deadly Tattoos. And when he came here, it was, it was very <laughs> funny. It's like, so you work in mm. Deadly Tattoos, do you? That's deadly. <laughs> That's deadly. Um, there was somebody... God, there was somebody in the gym the other day. And I, I was li- like... They were working with like a personal trainer and like everything afterwards. She was like, oh, that was fucking savage. <laughs> you know, that was savage. That was a savage. I was like, where did... Like, I haven't heard somebody say savage that much in a like it's such a weird I don't I've, know maybe it's maybe it's nothing I, I just, just I like, hear I, I, I might you don't hear savage. savage much do you I, I would I, would, I was going to say you might hear savage a bit more the one that you don't hear as much anymore I think is that's class I say that's, oh, class. that's class it's that's fun class. I love it <laughs> okay hold on let me just give you the actual description for Deadly Cuts because I probably um, it up a black comedy set in working class Dublin hair salon where the stylists become accidental vigilantes and community heroes as they take on a on the gang members and gentrifiers threatening their community. So I don't know if there's is there a I hairdressing there competition like comes into it? The trailer when they were they were like at this um they were like kind of being portrayed as like the underdogs in this um or a banquet thing kind of so I just presumed it was a competition. I think it was, but I think they were like, yeah, there's no way that Deadly Cuts are going to win to to these people. So I think that's a feature in it. Um, I could be wrong, yeah, but it, it it looks like a masterpiece. It looks really funny. I have to say, yeah, Irish people funny. were good at the um, comedy. 
movies and yeah. shows and things. We're, I, I, we're, <laughs> we're a funny bunch. I won't get it. I won't get into it, but I have huge issues with Irish representation in cinema and TV. Huge issues with it. Yeah, you wouldn't want to get into that on a thing no. where we talk about stuff. For no, I won't get into it. No, because people might be offended. Do you have issues with the way uh, the world represents Irish people, or the way the Irish Ooh, people represent the... Irish people? Like, uh, like, both, I, I often, I often look at you know Irish-made films and go, why are we still? Why are we leaning so hard into the paddy wackery? That's how we set you know? ourselves, though. I mean, um, why does you know, like America, like they probably come here and think we're all a bunch of drunks living in thatched cottages or something. But it's because that's what we sell to people. Mm-hmm. It's like our our theme, sort of. You know, like light it up green for Paddy's Day. You know, we're nearly like a I don't know, like some sort of icon yeah. thing. And then, like, like this is a this is like a little. This is the controversial uh, statement of the podcast uh, is that like every time somebody goes, that's a shitty Irish accent in a movie. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I could find the person in this country with that. Okay, I will put forward to you, though, probably the worst Irish accent that I know of. And okay, don't get me wrong. David Boreanaz or Boreanaz is is a good actor i really like him as angel but his irish accent <laughs> i'm very sorry it's just possibly the worst that i've heard but he's very good he is a very good actor i do want to i do want to put that out there but i just think he could have maybe done the accent better that's all anytime someone wants to shoot anytime anytime like they do like a film or a tv series and it's ireland or dublin it's always to do with like the gangs and stuff and it's just like whatever who cares evidently not kev <laughs> no no they always make it look so old and stuff i don't know i don't like it and like then like if like if they if like you have like a scene where it's like lads yeah. in dublin and then they go out to the countryside and it's just like it's like dublin looks like the 70s and 80s or something they go out to the countryside and it's a bunch of fucking like rednecks that are just like you know stuck in the 30s and 40s and it's just it's cringy like it's so bad like like lads that like you know it's kind of like they're naive fucking like kind of like it's like animals that just think everybody like with no predators and they think everybody's like friendly and happy and it's just it's dumb shit you know so what what is um what is irish content that's a bit more um palatable yeah a bit more somewhere in the middle ground. like so i mean i'm, I'm half googling it here because it's, it's a while since i've seen it i'm trying to get the name of the movie correctly but there's a movie called animals oh animals yeah there's a movie called Animals, directed by Sophie Hyde, and I think based on a book of the same name. And it's, um, uh, you know, it's it's two women living in Dublin, um, just relationshipy, going on nights out, and um, uh, you know, just being young and in their twenties and having to deal with actually moving on to doing something with oh. their lives. Wasn't um, wasn't the, is, that the, is that the Netflix TV series? They did a Netflix show on it. No, and there was there did was they? an Netflix there was a, well, there was a Netflix show depicting two women. I don't I think they're I don't know if they're they're both Irish, obviously living in Dublin. But I don't know if they were from Dublin, but uh, the um, one of them passed oh, away. No. It was Barry McQuiggan's daughter. Uh, you know the boxer, the Irish boxer Barry Mc is it Barry McQuiggan? Yeah, uh, Nika something or other, isn't it? She passed away. She's like only twenty nine or thirty or terrible. something like that. Very sad, but also, also a lot of the a lot like don't get me wrong. There's great pieces of Irish cinema. Like I, the Butcher Boy is fantastic. War the Buttons is fantastic. War the Buttons um, is great. Yeah, 
Yeah. No, I was going to say my my issue with the picture of Irish in cinema and TV, and it's not like a kind of a necessarily negative one, but it's just like they lean heavy into crime, which I think is kind of just a little bit like overly done. Uh, depictions of Ireland, even when depicted by the Irish, it's always uh, it kind of kind of alludes to like where twenty years, thirty years, even in the past, like seventies, uh, eighties. The contrast between city life and country life—it's a little bit ignorant how it's depicted, you know. Um, and I think I know I think whereas we're guilty of that as you know, as an Irish people are, are just as guilty of depicting ourselves like that, uh, more so. Like I said, there is good examples of Irish cinema, Butcher Boys, Brilliant, Angela's Ashes, uh, War of the Buttons is probably one what was a personal favorite of mine growing up. Um, there is some great movies, and uh, you know that aren't aren't as as guilty of it but i just think a lot of it is leans into cinematic tropes that are just unnecessary or or untrue and i think that's my issue with it Hmm. i'll also throw into the mix uh, into the west is also worth a watch i think that's a great film yes yeah tato yeah Yeah, like it's just so true though but like there is lovely versions of it i just think like for a country that does have a lot of heart yeah a country that does have a lot of talent and creativity we should take advantage um, of it more yeah we just lean into some of just such redundant tropes that are unnecessary you know uh, and I, I think, think we're I getting think, better yes yeah. i do think we're getting better i think that there is a thing where gotta remember that the irish film industry as a as a producer of content is 30 odd years old of actually like really making stuff now that's you know there's there's older people that will be you know feel that's a, 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 a not entirely a great representation but like there's definitely this air or this feeling that when you go and pitch something to Screen Ireland or to RTE or to to the BAI that like you want to have an Irish angle on it to, yeah, to get the their Irish attention and mm. and so there's an element of people leaning into Irishness in order to get a bit of attention and like I'm guilty as all hell with that for the animation shorts I've pitched where I was just like oh, fucking, I'm throwing every bloody Irish thing I can at this well, to make I, it I don't, ha- I don't have an issue I don't have an issue with that because uh, like kind of like that is that we have we have a language like a certain kind of yeah. like a cultural yeah. uh, identity you know and I don't have an issue with that mm-hmm. I, it's um, because I love folklore and I love Irish history yeah. and I have no issue yeah. with stuff I, don't, I have no issue with stuff being set in the 60s 70s 50s totally further whatever but it's just it's just when i'm watching something that's set nowadays and it's just yeah. like yeah. jesus like my grandparents have a newer card in <laughs> or like you know whatever it's just yeah. it's just yeah a bit silly that's yeah. fair i'm just i'm just trying to think of what like so what 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 do you want then you know like what do we like okay mrs brown's boys is trying to do the like inner city dublin thing um as a as sitcom father ted you know? with the country thing um, sitcom. yeah um love hate did the sort of gangland thing but i didn't watch much of love hate did that run the gamut did that get into like general social living but these are all movies that are guilty of uh leaning into like those problematic tropes to a degree you know even even like father ted like kind of wouldn't have been a realistic depiction of somebody living in ireland at that generally in a general sense i liked um pure meal i thought that was i know it was set in the country but it was i thought it was fairly good depiction of like kind of normal people you know but this this is this is it though raw wasn't too bad i remember watching season one of raw or something but uh and pure meal i do remember watching that it was decent 
And yeah, just like if what, what I expect from my cinema or something, it's just like like nothing. I don't expect anything. Just yeah. just okay. Just, here, like here's one for you. Here's one for you. Didn't watch it. I'm assuming Cree did. Normal people. I didn't watch it. <laughs> you didn't watch it. Yeah. I know. I was I was just like at events where everyone was like, "Normal people's amazing, isn't it?" I was just like, "Yeah, it's doing great." I watched some of it. I watched yeah. some of it. <sighs> but that, like, that's supposed to be just like normal people. That slice of life. Like, here's a Sligo school that goes to college, and it's just relationships in Ireland without. Mm crime or or country stereotype or you know naturalist cinema it's a funny one yeah i didn't like it didn't appeal to you no no and i, I don't know um, people who read the book and watched the series and like a lot of people who read the books and liked the series and was just like what was that didn't mm. didn't like it that appealed to a certain demographic yeah i thought young offenders was really yeah the, young offenders is funny yeah yeah, yeah, but and it did again lean into. I know, into... yeah, stereotypes, but it, it's watchable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's all, like even like yeah, but that's that's my point. Like, kind of, it's just like uh, there's just there's more. I think kind of like the kind of just like ah yeah, just like kind of stuff that's just it's it's repetitive and it's a little bit kind of redundant. And uh, I'd like just truer representations. Did anyone see Extraordinary? Yes, I thought that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of got weird at the end. It's a little maybe, bit, but, but I like the start of it. No, it's good. Like, it, we're, we're, oh, no, grabbers. It's, it's, well, that leaned into the drinking thing. Hmm. They couldn't. I the, mean, the aliens couldn't see if you were drunk or something. Isn't that it? Or the monster couldn't. Something like that. Yeah. Do you see grabbers? Like, not me. No, I didn't. But I was gonna say some some of it, like some stuff, is funny. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, kind of like humor is humor and all that kind of stuff. I'm just talking about like. Just uh, like kind of like there is tongue. Oh no, cheek, I totally get you. Spine, yeah, yeah. You know? No, I, I, yeah. I, yeah. And then there's the issue of like not even using Irish actors. Do you know, like even when it's an Irish production, yeah. it's like, do you know, there's yeah. that issue. I'm but, like, um, we're here. Yeah, we see. There, there was a good movie. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I just remembered, you know, for an Irish one. I think it was called Dead Bodies. But basically, a fella accidentally gets or gets in a fight with his girlfriend his girlfriend accidentally dies by no fault of his own and he comes back and he finds her body dead and he panics and I think your man who plays uh, not Moriarty uh, oh, Moriarty in Sherlock Holmes is it? and I, I think the guy who played the guy who played Moriarty in the TV show with Benedict Cumberbatch I think he's in a movie I think it's called Dead Bodies where basically like I said his girlfriend dies after an argument she hits her head or something he leaves she falls and hits her head he goes back the body the, the, she's dead and he goes to bury the body over the Wicklow mountains and he when he's burying the body i think he he when he's digging the hole he accidentally digs up another body oh gee and it's just all the stuff that comes out and, chaos that. and that was actually kind of a, a decent movie yeah Jesus. so deadly cuts is coming out yeah it looks uh, We'll check it out. When you described it to me, it reminded me of a movie from 2001 called Blow Dry, which had Alan Rickman and Josh Hartnett about competitive hairdressing. Oh, I look at him. Um, very silly, very silly comedy movie. Um, uh, Bill Nye, Heidi Klum, Alan Rickman, Rachel Lee Cook. Um, there's a, oh, I don't know, I, I think it's terrible, but I really oh. enjoyed it. Do you know what I mean? I think it, it's that sort of just like. Like, it was going for the kind of, like, full Monty vibe, oh, okay. I guess. Sort of, like, working class England, you know. 
the but like a little bit of the like Billy Elliot like the the locals don't take hairdressing seriously, um, and and got a bit of the like strictly ballroom vibe. Oh, okay, I gotcha. So there's like a like the the hairdressing competition is this big thing to these <laughs> cast of weirdos, yeah. you know, um, and there's like a the host of the hairdressing competition starts off real nervous and ends up like a flamboyant showman, like welcome to the finals. Like he starts off with, <laughs> well, thank you for thank you for all coming to the uh, the hall this evening, and then by the end of it, he's like wearing a sequins jacket and like playing to the lights and um. It's one of these things that I think is terrible, but I also watched it twice in a day because <laughs> I enjoyed it. I was like, this is a, like, this falls into my popcorn on in the background. Yeah. I will watch this forever kind of thing because just Alan Rickman's great and um, Josh Hartnett is squinty. Um, That's kind of like the, the Star Wars holiday special. Like you kind of watch it and you're like, I mean, I'm glad I watched it, but like, what the hell? <laughs> Do you know, like, I'm glad, like, I, I needed yeah. to know what was, what was contained within this thing. I think this is a little better than, like, a little better. Like, oh, no, I'm not saying yeah, it's the like same. Star Wars specials or like, whatever. I'm shitting but... on it. Or, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I 100% think this movie, Blow Dry, is just going to be completely, completely forgotten about. But if you, if you have a copy of it, or I think it's on Netflix, silly, silly bit of fun for 90 minutes. Um, so let's talk about what if then. Yes. yes. Did we all watch What yes. If? Yes. Okay. Cree, we haven't spoken to you in a few weeks. How are you enjoying What I If? I am... Like Captain Carter. Really, really enjoying it. What were the episodes? Uh, so we've got Captain... What If um, Captain Carter was the one who got the super serum? Then it, my favourite mm-hmm. one, which is T'Challa as Star-Lord. And then I may get the... the, the cont- continuity mixed up here, but then... Uh, it, then I think it was the one what if fed the earth lost its mightiest heroes where Hank Pym yes, was yeah. leveling uh, um, Fury's big week yeah. and then there is the Doctor Strange one what if he lost his heart instead of his hands and then zombies I think that's all of them um, yeah I think that is I'm really enjoying it I I am yeah. really enjoying the chance to get away from you know the, the kind of storyline of the MCU I think it's really fun to explore what else could happen I think my favourite episodes are the ones that go all out you know completely different you know like T'Challa Star-Lord I just I absolutely they took their chance to have fun with it and they ran with it and you know they made Nebula blonde and you know why not Thanos is good because T'Challa talked him out of killing off the universe it's almost a what if in and of itself it's like what if Nebula had hair yeah exactly I just I absolutely loved that episode and um it was also amazing to hear Chadwick Boseman again. Um that was really nice and it was really a really nice tribute. Um and so yeah, my favorite ones are that one and like the zombie one which is like completely different again, you know, they're oh, having like the fun one. with it. Yeah, it's my second favorite. <laughs> um you know, they're having fun with it. Um like you know, the Doctor Strange one What, the- what if is at its best when it goes you know, absolutely bad yeah, shit. Yeah, that's know? what I think. Like, e- even in the comics, yeah. you know, it's like like mm-hmm. do something drastically different. Otherwise, you're just retelling an existing story. Yeah, because like with the Avengers one, <clears throat> what if the uh, the Earth lost its mightiest heroes? I mean, I enjoyed it, but it was still kind of a little bit similar or something. I don't know. It wasn't like 
drastically different enough it wasn't like a completely different character in a completely different situation to what they're normally mm-hmm. in i know? really i really like i, that d- I really liked it as well i actually really like all of the episodes but the ones that i prefer like the most that i that i really really enjoyed are the ones that go batshit crazy <laughs> I, th- I think they kind of like there's a little bit of a missed trick in that um lost its mightiest heroes thing where the the thing that they don't quite hit heavy enough on the head is the position so like it's doing what it's doing Mm. but the biggest change to that universe is the Thor narrative because Odin sent Thor to Earth to learn a lesson and hopefully come back to him and now this distressed old man on the brink of retirement who was ready to hand over his kingdom to his son has now by by his own actions sent his son to be killed mm. he's no doubt distraught and enraged and completely susceptible to Loki's manipulation that allow Loki to become a, a colonising force and take Earth yeah. you know they, they don't, don't lean quite into that enough. yeah like by the end of it he he is sort of saying we're, we're staying and we're taking over but they don't quite lean into the menace that that really does. What I was hoping was that that would lead to the President Loki variant from Loki. I thought oh, that would have been really awesome. That would be funny. If he uh, if he just wanders into the White House yeah. in the last shot and just kicks his feet up. I thought that would have been... And then Captain Marvel showed up and I was like, all right, okay, so yeah, that that's going to work itself out there. But I thought that would have been a brilliant tie-in. Because it is, this all is that, stuff that could happen in canon because of what Sylvia's done. Like, literally anything can happen now, so. Yeah, I think that's the, the I, I'd forgotten about it until you said it, but that's the little bit of a, like, a little bit of a cop-out towards hope on that one, where it's just, like, embrace the Twilight Zone-ness of this and just go, yes. look it's at bleak, the grim world that's been left. Yeah. You know, yeah. like. If there was like no Thor, if there was no Avengers, yeah, if there's no Avengers, Loki would have won. Yeah, if you show me Captain Marvel showing up at the end, I'm like, oh, okay. As you said there, it's like, well, that's just going to work itself. Yeah, exactly. You know? Whereas with the zombie one, that was like, you could actually expand on this. <laughs> Not that they have much of a chance, but <laughs> you could do something. So, what did you think of the zombie episode, Kevin? Um, yeah, I Which is episode it. five, right? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, because we have you the loved Captain it. character, Star-Lord. Avengers not being alive strange and strange then, and yeah zombies yeah mm. uh, yeah no I loved it yeah really really good fun I, I, I've, I've, I've seen some criticism of the episode um, but uh, I think when when Hulk lands and uh, he's like Thanos Thanos is coming and then he's just like wait what no like there's no one there and then he sees like the the guys and like uh, when, it, when, it, when it looks like Iron Man's yeah. saving him and then he's like oh gross guys that's too the much too far yeah I like that. I think I thought it was good fun you know uh, and it was nice to see the wasp uh, kind take of take center stage a little bit kind of yeah mm. exactly like in like being so badass and stuff and happy going blah blah blah, blah happy and his blam blams that's blah, one blah, of my favourite yeah blah blah yeah. <laughs> that uh, that uh, that rig of John Favreau was pretty forgiving wasn't it <laughs> oh it's animation it's a, it's a what if a what if a happy was happy <laughs> in but, in uh, in Peter's uh, thing, yeah. he he said not actually, like never actually happened. I suppose in post-apocalyptic, he doesn't have the same access to uh, uh, Stark level food. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, I'm just fat shaming the guy at this point. Um, I thought it was I thought it was super enjoyable because um, they can totally mm. lean into that horror element, which they maybe 
aren't able to do in the MCU they can just do it they have uh, leave to do it because it's just animation so you can have Bucky yeah. like slicing Captain America in half with his own shield <laughs> and saying sorry but he looks it, like this is the end yeah. of the line I was like no oh my god they, they were brutal yeah. that was the, brutal the moment when Okoye cut Sam in half yeah. and says I'm sorry if that was your friend and he goes I think I should feel something but yeah. I don't and he got up and walked away <laughs> That was, or or like when Hope's like, oh my god, I'm covered in showers. <laughs> like what? And even Scott Lang being resurrected, as I love He's like, that. oh, I wish the old man would chew me, chew me up again. And like, oh, like you know, no put it or you know, all the jokes he was making yeah. and stuff. Is I think everyone like, can agree that the so the good. that Doctor Strange's cape was actually the MVP of that episode. <laughs> that freaking cape did yeah, all the heavy so lifting. Good, yeah. yeah, yeah. But seeing yeah, seeing the wasp was awesome. Yeah, the wasp going big. That was really. And then good. like succumbing to, yeah. yeah. What but, I, like, really fun episode. What I don't understand is what she should have done. If if it was me, I would have um. So yeah, sacrificing myself, whatever. Then I would have made myself small and disabled that controller so that I couldn't get big again. Because that's a pretty big threat you're going to be. Because you know you're going to become a zombie. So at least mm. <laughs> do that so that you're not like a giant that can just step over the line to the facility. Like that's what I think. Yeah. The mo- the moment where she like threw a body or threw a zombie up after the quad jet, I know that was quad jet, where it's just this thing just goes, <laughs> just body hits the plane. It's like that's so. That's, yeah. There was some nice timing and stuff yeah. in it. Can we also appreciate uh, that yeah. Kurt was there? Fun. Who was Kurt? Bobby Yaga guy. Like oh, yeah. he was oh, yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. what? The minute he mentioned Bobby Yaga, we're like, well, Scarlet Witch is coming. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Yes. They had yeah. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that whole yeah, he was good. And, uh, yeah, and then and then the vision kind of atoning for his sins and stuff. Yeah. pretty pretty good stuff. Like, I'm like, cool. seriously, you're killing Vision again. This is like the new Loki. <laughs> what, what are you? Oh, he doing? pulled his own bloody head. Can we can we also just go? He cut off T'Challa's leg and fed it to Wanda. Yeah, yeah what? The, that's a new level of dark. I didn't know Vision. That's had pretty grim. In him. Um, I liked. The the idea that the disease or the the zombie virus came from the quantum realm. The quantum yes. realm through through Janet Van Dyne. I liked. Um, I loved the sort of like the Avengers arriving to do their thing, and they're just like tiny zombie Ant Man bites Cap. Yeah, yeah. Like this show has done a great job of showing you just how dangerous a tiny superhero that must have been Hank, yeah. like that must have been Hank that must have been Hank Pym that bit Ant-Man then or bit uh, Captain America bit Cap yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny how it's funny how he's been uh, used in the what yeah you mm. know he's quite he's rather problematic you know yeah definitely he's, he's very he's very effectively dangerous you know like it kind of shows that yeah, the one that yeah. we have in the MCU is quite like we're lucky like we're lucky that he stayed in his yes, lane yeah. you know <laughs> Well, I, I actually think that it's, like, I don't know. So, so Sometimes we reach, as Marvel fans, we reach way too far in trying to work out or trying to, like, assign foreshadowing or setting stuff up for the, the future films. But I oh. do think there's an element of, you know, with, with Cap gone and with uh, Tony gone and with whatever, there's a little bit of setting up just how dangerous Hank Pym could possibly yeah. be here how smart yeah. he is and how dangerous mm. and how effective and how how much damage he could do to the world of the especially MCU especially when something happens and that was a little bit of laying that groundwork that's the danger 
Yeah. And that would also ring true to his character in the comics. Like, mm. uh, Hank Pym is essentially his own worst enemy, you know? Um, mm. And he is capable of, of horrific things. Like, uh, I think in, I think it's Avengers, uh, he does he does hit the wasp, you know, in, in a domestic uh, really? abuse scenario, you know? Were you, were uh, you aware of that, Cree? No, I didn't actually know that. See, that's why, that is my... It is my understanding that that is why they chose to go with Scott Lang rather than Hank yeah. Pym. Is because if you follow the Hank Marley Pym's Gray arc, cast. in the I think in the seventies it happens. Right. You know, like in the mm. like it might be in the seventies comics that he. You know, I'm not sure if they try and put a sort of super villainous, uh, like mental damage thing on him that like he's he's being controlled or he's going off the deep end because of something or other. But there's a domestic abuse arc in there that he was just beating his wife. And they've been forever. Ever since they did that, they have been trying to redeem mm. Hank, and they've never quite been able to do it because they—it's just they wrote How that story, and now it, really... it's it's the same yeah. thing that like ever since they said Tony Stark was an alcoholic, everybody wants to look at the the substance abuse issues around Tony yeah. Stark. Yeah. It's yeah. like you've given him this flaw, and um, like I mean, I think Hank... I think there's an arc in uh, Mark Miller's, or there's a there's an issue in Mark Miller's Ultimates because Mark Miller will lean into the worst of anything yes. I don't know if you've read much Mark Miller stuff we discussed him before that like he leans into the just Jackson. violence and abuse stuff really quickly in comics but like they get to the Hank abusing the Wasp story in um, in Ultimates and they again that arc is very much about it's very sort of trying to describe it but it like he, he just leans into stuff like he gets this concept of like Steve Rogers is a guy from the 40s who's not afraid to punch people you know and he's a soldier who killed people rather than the comic book superhero that's what the Ultimates did it was like mm. he's a soldier he had a gun he's killed hundreds of people this is who Steve Rogers is huh. that's the little bit of the grimness that the Ultimates did to wow. it so when he finds out that Hank Pym hit Janet he just goes and finds Hank Pym and beats the shit out of him and you know it's it's a it it is kind of satisfying in that book to see that happen, but like it's just Miller likes to lean into the, the dark the I, the dark I stuff. Read and, a, I read a lot of the like the Avengers in the nineties and the early two thousands and stuff, and that Perez stuff, um, Yellow Jacket mm. featured in End of and even that like uh, he I, I loved Hank Pym. I thought Hank Pym was the coolest. I thought he was awesome. I thought Yellow mm. Jacket was such an interesting design. I loved the character. I didn't know yeah. any of that kind of uh, history of abuse stuff, you know. And then, uh, yeah. obviously, growing up and then reading more into and like looking at these characters, like, oh, it was like it was it was devastating, you know. And um, mm. but but like even his depiction in like cartoons and different things, like he was, I I think kind of like in a way, they kind of just wrote him uh, as a bit of an asshole, you know, a bit of a curmudgeon or a bit of a fucking disagreeable prick. You know, it's like they they, they kind of, it's like they, it's like they didn't kind of wanted to completely redeem him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he did what he did, uh, and and they didn't really kind of want to completely redeem him. But um, yeah, he he so he did evolve into like not a very likable character, anyways. But but I I used to think Yellow Jacket and Giant Man and all those things were great. I used to think Ant Man was great. You know, the, but Flash they did associate the Yellow Jacket in the same way that the black suit Spidey was like. You know, the black suit drove him violent and aggressive they, they said that the yellow jacket suit I can't remember the, the, the trigger in it but like when he's in the yellow jacket was when Hank Pym went off the, the, the deep end mm. 
it was like it was when he was a vigilante like a, a more of a foreboding aggressive yeah yeah vigilante type yeah anyways zombies pretty cool ultimates ultimates has a scene in it as well where um i say scene i guess it's very cinematically drawn um uh, Betty Ross is out on a date with Freddie Prince Jr. and Ed um, and Bruce finds out and he turns into the Hulk and he storms Manhattan to try and kill Freddie Prince Jr. because he's not man enough for you. You want Hulk. I'm pretty sure uh, David Finch, the artist, was drawn Ultimate X-Men. I don't know if that was Miller as well. That was Brian oh, Hitch. No, no, no. Actually, maybe... Maybe it was Miller because I think uh, I think it was in I think it was uh, the Ultimates. I don't think it was with the X Men. Not too sure, but basically, David Finch says it was one of the darkest and kind of grotesque things he ever had to draw was the Blob eating the Wasp. Oh, lovely. <laughs> I'm just I'm thinking like the Ultimates as a comic book arc was such a departure in terms of the tone from Marvel comics. It it got a bit like grim. And it gets held up as the thing that sort of set the 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 precedent that these things could work in film. But that's not to do with the story that was written by Mark Miller. Brian Hitch is the artist, and his art is the stuff that made you go, oh yeah, I suppose Cap's costume could be, you know, like that helmet and the goggles and the boots, and it looks very, like, realistic, real world. This is what this version of it would be. Um... So it's like Brian Hitch really set the template rather than sort of attributing it to Miller. Yeah, fair. Um, so, I don't know. What's How are we feeling? Ne- what's, the, what's next on What If? I don't know what's next. What is I next? I know there's going to be um, Hulk Buster on Sakaar um, because of a Lego set. <laughs> They're... Hulk Buster on yeah. Sakaar. Uh, my friend was showing me his uh, Lego set where he he bought, and it was yeah, Hulkbuster is going to be on the car with like a Valkyrie and stuff, so that will be interesting. So like Tony Stark is going to be there. Uh, there's going to be oh, cool. Gamora, and it looks like she's got like Thanos armor. So I've seen a there's a an image of Thor flown around as well. It's like in his like you know full Thor outfit. So it's like rather than like what we saw in the Lost the mm. Avengers. Um, but I kind of don't want to. We haven't seen the Killmonger episode yet. Be surprised, you know. We haven't seen the Killmonger episode yet either. No, no. Is that where he's good or something? Yeah, he like rescues Tony. Ah, okay, cool. That sounds really good. Yeah, like I, I absolutely love What If so far, um, and I think the theme music is great as well. Actually, it's really underrated. I Mm. think it's my favorite opening of any like. Of the kind of Marvel yeah. sort of shows or anything because it just like the goosebumps happen so quickly and it's yeah. like so magical like Jeffrey you're going Wright's to you're about to enter well. this this world that's going to be like amazing and beyond your imagination and the watcher talking over the, yeah, it's, very, it's just it's a great opening it's, yeah it's very kind of twilight zone yeah uh, kind of I love that it's worth like Brian has had this sort of um I don't know if it's his theory or his insistence or, you know, based on what he's reading, but, you know, like, he's pretty convinced that this cartoon is going to tie into the MCU in a significant way. I hope so. Like, the live-action stuff. I think that would be cool, um, actually. And 
I won't say this. I won't say this when I. I wouldn't say if Brian was here, and I know Brian doesn't listen to the podcast, but he's mm. wrong. He's a he's a disillusioned drunk with notions ninety percent of the time. Don't listen. to Well, him. I don't. I wouldn't want like all of them to tie in, but maybe like a little cameo esque thing, like if President Loki was the Loki from the episode three timeline or something. You know, like that kind of thing, I'd be okay with. But maybe not like completely tying in. Do you know, I don't know. Would you like? I mean, can you? Me? Did I like the Captain Carter episode? Yeah, yeah I really did. Would you like would you a Captain like... Carter oh, in live action? Um, I, you know what? Yeah. I wouldn't say no. I know people might be like, oh, that's overkill. She already got the episode and she's already got her own TV series. But I'm like, you know what? I would actually wa- watch the heck out yeah. of it. It would be really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. Amy Atwell's yeah. amazing and Agent Carter's yeah. great. And like, yeah, let's and get the, it. The, the thing yeah, with, like, yeah. with her is the with Captain Carter, I actually think she would have been a really good choice apart from Steve because Steve I mean he's great he's pure of heart and all that stuff but she's been in the army longer so she will have more of an idea of like strategy and you know how to actually use her strength because she's already using her you know she knows how to like you know fight and stuff already so I think this was the 40s where American army thought that it disabled Oh, I know. She would never have. Yeah, it was only through her own doing that. But yeah, I think the episode did a great job of showing that she was very capable, like from the get go. I mean, I mean, Steve had to kind of learn how to be Captain America, but she was like ready right there and then because she already had all the training and stuff. And I thought it was good that they showed that. As we're talking here, it occurred to me, like, I've mentioned this a few times, the idea that like, you know the next end game event where we have a massive massive battle and a portal opens and we bring out Captain America and we bring out Tony Stark and it's like you know we need we need backup from the original guys and Luke time travel is such a thing now like. yeah well like like I think it's not the last we've seen of Chris Evans's cap and Tony Stark's Iron Man I Probably think not. it's a great thing to pull out of a magic portal in the sky yeah. when you get to your end game event in 10 years time but as we're talking here, I just went, you could pull, you, well, I was going to say you could pull, um, I was going to say you could pull T'Challa Star-Lord, except Chadwick's dead, uh, but you could pull Captain that Carter out and you could pull like, and Killmonger as a hero and like, yeah. like the, the, you know, good Thanos. maybe it's like 10 years, good Thanos. Can you imagine in 10 years time when we're facing off against Kang the Conqueror Amazing. and the Watcher is there and just goes, I've brought help, I've brought help and he oh opens all of the multiverse and out comes everybody we've seen in. That'd be freaking amazing. I don't. I don't want. I don't want a good Thanos. I don't want, uh, like a, a Star Lord. Uh, Chadwick Boseman Star Lord would be awesome. Oh, would be. I'm just. But I'm no, just thinking because good... we can't have him. We sh- we could have Thanos. Yes, yeah, so no. Like, he 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 would be awesome. He, d- he maybe did. Maybe you could get like, but maybe you could get where uh, the uh, maybe the other guy. Um, he's really underused in the Marvel universe. He was uh, Star Lord's best friend in the episode. Um, oh, he was Yondu? in Blood Diamond. I can't think of his name. Jim on Hunsu. <gasps> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Korra at the Bring pursuer. him back. Bring bring Cap. Bring Captain uh, Carter back. Bring you know whatever. I'm just saying, mm. like kind of like you could take little bits yeah. from where where there are nods to it, you yeah. know. But if they had done say if this show had taken place before Endgame, they would have been able to do it and would have been great. Yeah. Well, like we saw, one of the things I think is funny is like there was a an announcement, and we shared it in our like in our group chat. There was a Hot Toys announcement of a Spider-Man figure wearing Doctor Strange's yeah. cape called Zombie Killer Spider-Man, 
and we were looking at that going like the description of it as well kind of made it feel like it was something we were going to see in the the No Way Home film yeah. or maybe the Multiverse mm-hmm. of Madness but we just saw yeah. it in What If that's where it came from and there's a moment there where she goes oh that's the cape suits you and it's like does this world go on to train Spider-Man as a wizard like that be I think they like, could continue so with again with this. you get wizard Spider-Man yeah. I, I want them to continue like I don't want it to just be kind of left I kind of want to pick up with the odd episode you know like see what happens to captain carter yeah. in in you know 70 years later how does she adapt to mm. you know the modern world and you know how does t'challa adapt to being in wakanda after so many years or i mean i know they can't really do that much now since chadwick has passed and they'd have to get a new voice actor which i don't know how i'd feel about so i'd be actually happy if that episode was left but like other things like the zombie stuff that should totally be expanded upon I think it'll be really fun again my hypothetical endgame sequel or endgame scenario Paul Rudd's head on yes, a robot suit is, that was <laughs> fantastic yeah. Yeah. but like if he comes if he body. comes through in like a hydra stomper <laughs> thing which is like yeah. the head attached to a giant suit of armor so amazing or even even just the head and the cloak yeah. that was brilliant oh when he was like Wingardium Leviosa yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good stuff that one if was excellent yeah fab I think it's worth noting as well that we have seen the watcher as this silhouette in the background yes. and then at the end of yeah. the Doctor Strange episode he spoke directly to Stephen and this time when we saw him floating in the sky it's the first time we've seen a character rig with facial yeah. animation so we're seeing more and more of the watcher like as this series progresses which is yeah. great like now that they've given him a they've given him a physical rig that we've yeah. seen and he can interact with the world a bit more rather than just being this silhouette in the distance so I'm curious to see how he involves himself in the next four episodes definitely oh I'm so hype about it it's so good it's it's. I thought it was just going to be one of, you know a, a thing to you know tie you over until the next you know live action series but it's actually it's standing up it's really really great um yeah. Yeah. Super, super enjoyable. Yeah. But, uh, but I was going to say, uh, I was watching a video the other day and they were talking about Charlie Cox and Daredevil. Yeah. And he, he, it looks like he's like 100% like going to be in the MCU. Like, without a doubt. There's, there's talk that he's in, like, say, I think She Hulk or something, but there's, there's like, there's proper talk that he's, he's actually. Like Daredevil will be. Daredevil. Back there was a the lot MCU. of speculation that he was in the Spider-Man trailer for No Way Home, <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I, 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 don't I know. think that's a fun like like we even we even did a bit of that as well. Like the there's a guy in yeah. there with a white shirt like, and people oh are like God. Charlie Cox has a white shirt. And it's like yeah, but he's he's like the previous shot you see the guy yeah. in a white shirt and then you see a close up of a, a guy in a white shirt from the like neck down. It's like. Why are you assuming that's not the guy that we just saw in the same scene in this last show? But you know, apparently, like, apparently, if you watch that, if you watch that in IMAX theaters or something like that, uh, that guy in the white shirt, you actually just see his face, and it's not Charlie Cox. But that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's you see, not, yeah. you see the shot of him in the office, yeah. and then you see the interrogation room, and the guy with the white shirt is there. And it's like, why are we assuming that that white shirt is not yeah. that white shirt? Like yeah, yeah. I want, Point I want Charlie Cox to be in it. Yeah. I think it's great. And mentioning the She-Hulk series, which is a courtroom that drama thing, that would be the thing, best, the great place for him to be. It would make but, sense because I, I think, I think Vincent D'Onofrio 
has said something about Beam coming back to it as well. Yeah. So Fisk and Daredevil potentially are going to are it looks like they're one hundred percent coming back, but maybe in a Disney yeah. Plus sense. Is there anything in those Netflix shows that disrupts MCU canon in any way? I thought it was fairly respectful of it. Maybe not with the Netflix ones. Like, there's no reason to not roll them in. Well, I know Runaways has that book that... I mean... I know it's... But it was still in the MCU and it was an MCU show and I know it wasn't a Netflix one, but that that had the book that Wanda was... Mm. And that kind of disrupts canon because it was supposed to be like a lost book or something okay. but then Nico Minoru was kind of using it and stuff so it, so but but because that's set in the same universe I think it was supposed to be anyways maybe I, I don't know if there's anything in the Netflix shows that, that kind of retcons anything though I think a sensible executive or a sensible development person is going look we have all mm. of these shows here we're not going to tie ourselves to them Keep it let's open. see what's yeah. useful yeah, I mean, those shows weren't made... Those shows were made with the intent yeah. that they tied in. They mentioned the Battle of New York. They mentioned whatever else. Like, They mentioned, like, ground-level crime has become less of a priority since people started coming mm-hmm. from outer space. Like, they do deal with this sort of stuff. So I don't see that there's any reason why Daredevil mm-hmm. wouldn't show up, other than just, like... There's a degree of brutality in those shows that you don't see in... Well, they're bringing Deadpool in, um, so... The MCU. That just, yeah, that's I mean, not, no there's no clearer it. evidence that they're bringing Deadpool in than the fact that they released that promo with him and Korg. <laughs> you know? Like, they, technically, he's already crossed into the MCU if he's oh, sitting yeah, but there sure. having a chat with Korg. Moon Knight, Moon Knight's coming, so... That's going to... That's going to be, obviously, darker blade, mm. darker again, so... You know, it's happening. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be multifaceted. Yeah. And like Ghost Rider as well. Um, I'm just looking at that, at that Midnight Suns one. Sets up, you know, um, oh Reyes is uh, Ghost Rider. It's a shame. It's a shame for me as a as a like a a, a Johnny Blaze '90s. Ghost Rider yeah. fan that like they really do love this guy in the car now and I'm like yeah it's fine yeah. he's cool he's Ghost Rider the- like we're on our third or fourth Ghost Rider anyway I just I do love that fucking guy on the motorcycle look Ghost Rider yeah I agree with, I agree with that I like it it's better um, I don't I, I, I don't mind the new guy uh, with the car and stuff mm. it's cool but uh, and I guess a, a modern interpretation of it is it's fair but it's cool but um, I don't like his skull that's just the one that gets norm- me. Just give me a normal skull. He, yeah, I don't know if Cree is familiar with the variety of skulls at work. I'm just thinking, like, no, no, I, no, I know, I know what you're talking about, but just like within, like, with the wrong context, it'd be like you know, just walking up to someone on the street and just being like, "Yo, I don't like your skull." I don't like your skull. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's yeah. It is weird. They've drawn it like an armor-plated. Like he, mm. he's got a metal head on him. And I'm like, this is a weird. Very choice. anime inspired d- or something. I listened to a podcast like talking on a podcast about another podcast about a guy who had a conversation with someone else like it's seven <laughs> degrees of separation or something at this point but he did say he was like at a Marvel like production house or something and they were talking about how they how much they liked this new Ghost Rider and they were like yeah we just said you know enough of this goddamn motorcycle and it's like okay that's 
but aesthetically it's like, so cool the way the, the way it was being relayed was just like well i guess you just don't like ghost rider that like because it's not it's like you know iron man same thing, you like, know he has his suits but what if you like gave him a unicycle or something what if you uh, made it a buddy cop thing between him and a kid for 80 percent of your movie i mean yeah i like iron yeah. man 3 but Trevor Slattery you know, that was, was like, that was the part. complaint. So I'm glad I'm glad he's back. Woo-hoo. He is very funny. He he is quite the scene stealer. Um, so I think we've I think we've what ifed. Oh, can I also say Okoye um, saying that they don't need horror movies in Wakanda? They have American reality shows was just like so badass. <laughs> she just destroyed it. It's it's pretty bang on. So, um, the most perfect of segues that won't necessarily involve Cree. Uh, Kevin, you watched a couple of episodes of Daisy of Love, did you? Oh, did I watch a couple of it? Jeez, we put on like the first episode and we've made progress, guys. I know it looks like the world can be, as a, as a, as a, as a culture, we made progress as, as, a, as, a, as people inhabiting the planet, you know, um, uh, as beings uh in, in in a in a section of the universe um daisy of love for for Cree is a uh a 2009 vh1 reality show about a about the second runner-up on a previous reality show about finding love with a rock star she got her own spin-off show where a bunch of vh1 reality monsters try huh. and win her heart and uh it's on amazon prime it is theater it, it's ludicrous it's anyway you I, I just i'm only bringing it up briefly because you mentioned ah, american reality okay. shows and kevin watched the first episode <laughs> i think um did you enjoy it i watched some of them no no it's awful when that whole thing where she just gives everybody <laughs> nicknames and like one guy one guy is just like i'm gonna call you like like choo-choo or something he's just like i'm not crazy about that name that's bad for <laughs> boobies and it's just like yeah. she just rebrands everybody it's it's, it's awful that uh, like, I keep bringing this up because I think people should watch it because it's it's so bad. Um, but like you know that they wrote, they scripted an event. We're gonna go, we're gonna give you, we're gonna get this moment where like you meet all the guys and you can give them like a nickname and and you know that she's oh, not gosh. creative enough to come up with uh, decent nicknames and it's it's like an awful offensive talent it's show thing offensive. and they just walk one of them up at a time and it goes. What do you do for a living? He's like, oh, I drive trucks. Okay, I'll call you Big Rig. And it's like, yeah, and so now, now, his name is gone. Should be Mother Trucker. They just refer to him as Big Rig for the rest of the series, and like every time they pull up a title oh, no. card, Chi Chi, uh, Chi that was it. Weasel. That's unfortunate. Weasel, yeah. Um, Weasel just looks like Will Ferrell. Then why not say like um, Anchorman or Cowbell? It's that would have been too creative. That would have been too creative. Wow. Um, I'm trying to think of any more than names, you know, like one guy goes, hey, I'm here to win your heart. And he does a backflip. And he goes, I'll call you Flipper. It is. Yeah, you should it's... watch more of it, Kevin. Anyway. Um... No. And then we, then we started watching Beauty and the Geek because we started talking about Beauty and the Geek. And that's all on Amazon. So, yeah. Keep keep going with Daisy. I want I want to check in on you. Um, I, know, man. I, I suppose we should talk about The Matrix mm. Resurrections. There's a, a trailer for that this week. That's a big deal. Like it's 22 years since the Matrix that came out. That sounds about right. So, um, I'm going to say, like, I know Brian's very excited. 
I know the Matrix meant that it means a lot to Brian. Um, I know a lot of people are probably very excited for it. But in my opinion, there's only really one good Matrix movie. The other two I didn't really like. And Animatrix is awesome. I like the idea. I like the visuals. I like the universe. I like all that kind of stuff. As action pieces, cool. The trailers for these movies look great. But those last two movies, I really, really didn't really like. And uh, the fact that they're doing another one, it's like, yeah, fun, cool. I hope it has more of the first one's energy, which it looks like it does. It looks like they're kind of just retelling the first story. I don't know how I feel about that, though, because I kind of would value originality, but I'm sure there's, there's like some revelation in there oh, there's there, there nothing original anymore yeah. so how familiar are you with the oh, yeah. Matrix movies I, I like them yeah I'll watch you like them, them? okay uh, I, think First that's one insult- is- I think that's insulting that you're even assuming that she hasn't watched them either. I'm not assuming that she hasn't watched them we've, just we've call spoken me Creo. we know she watched the them one. I just don't know how familiar <laughs> oh good lord I saw it in the good cinema lord. Um, the Matrix yeah, no, I didn't saw time the Matrix travel, in the it was cinema. just it was on for its anniversary. <laughs> so I went to the cinema. Okay, all right. It was great in the cinema. I okay. was going to say, I was like, I was like... Because you were born in 2001? <laughs> Wait, did the I guess that had, right? The second one hadn't even come out at that stage. The second one came out in mm. 2003, 2004. But yeah, I like them. And I think the trailer um, looked... It, it, I'm, defi- I'm definitely interested and I would love to go to the cinema to see it. Um... I'm not gonna have like really high expectations just in case. Um, I think I yeah. think that's the thing of it, and I think that might be why it's a hit because people had huge expectations yeah. of those sequels. So they've learned their lesson, mm. kind of, yeah. and were disappointed. And I got they were so convoluted. And pe- though, I heard know? people saying, you know, that it doesn't really feel like the Matrix because it doesn't have the green tint anymore. But then, then you kind of realize, oh, but at the end of the third movie, the green tint was gone, and that was kind of similar. That was kind of the point. So actually, continuity-wise, it makes sense. So um, I actually don't mind that that much. But it is, I do, I do get why people would miss it because yeah, okay, it is fair. kind of quintessentially the Matrix is the green tint, and Keanu Reeves. I I think, I mean, it's it's silly to assume that Neo would have the same hairstyle, but he does kind of just look like John Wick was plucked. And put into this, <laughs> like I don't know, but I'm sure it's still great. Like. So I was talking to somebody. Um, I talk to people, guys. Um, Who and we were talking and, about this Matrix and stuff. Me and Brian. And he talked about mm-hmm. the color grading in the Matrix movies as being, you know, part of the considered um, yeah. look of it. So that if you are in the if you're in the Matrix, Green. which is you know all about yeah. the mind you get this green tint when you're in the real world which is much yeah. more visceral and physical it's the it's the the blue tint which is sort of representative yeah. of the body and if you're if whenever they sort of talk about the sort of spirit stuff of it like when he gets sort of supernaturally and he has a glow to himself and there's a glitch in the, the matrix end of things it yeah. gets this sort of yellow so these very intentional by the end of those three films when the matrix resets itself because you remember there's the shot of the cat and the little girl lying on the ground and then there's this little like and it kind of resets the color grade changes and the three colors of green yellow and blue kind of like become yeah. present in the one place so that the the version of the matrix we're seeing now is a more sort of consistent integration of these three concepts but i don't know if that's just bullshit or if that was the thought process of the directors and the cinematographers no it's i think it's a very intentional 
yeah yeah it's very intentional for the continuity of the universe um like they know what they're doing so yeah i do, but it, but i do get why people would want it to have the green tint just for pure, for pure nostalgia <laughs> i understand but it does make sense that it doesn't have it anymore i, I watching the trailer i i think what people wanted off the back of the first matrix movie was kind of like Keanu Reeves <laughs> Superman him flying around yeah. and shooting shit and having big kung fu fights and what they got was a little more sort of like a lot of like the Wachowskis philosophical point talking points the stuff that they like talking about mm. just thrown at you um, with a bit of fighting in it and I'm watching this going is this them attempting well, I think to it's deliver just Lana on our own, isn't it, the, this time? The action stuff that we thought right. we wanted. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it? Is it Lana? Like, because yeah. the Wachowskis, I, I doubt, are hurting yeah. for money. And they've produced stuff mm. since The Matrix. But yep. I don't think they've ever hit the same sort of heights. No, their movies have been awful and, since The Matrix. Wow. Okay, uh, for example, Speed Racer. Speed Racer is amazing. Ready <laughs> damn tree. Um, I have to leave. Um, they're heavily involved in V for Vendetta. Um, uh, did they have Ninja Assassin? Was that them? And uh, to be really honest, I think the only work of theirs that I'm familiar with are the Matrix movies. But Jupiter Ascending wasn't awful. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> uh, 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 I I didn't get through it. I, the the chances of me not getting through a movie are very fucking slim. I did not get through Jupiter Ascending. Me neither. Actually. Everybody wants like everybody says, oh, Mar- this cinemas just or movies are just now remakes or based on comics or blah blah. But then when mm. somebody comes out with something original, people yeah. cry about it. Jupiter Ascending, it's not great by any means like i'm not gonna say it's like the best movie or the best movie that year or even in the top 20 movies that year or anything but if you're just kind of like want to hear it's escapism something different yeah it's fine it's good it's good escapism whatever you know it's not it's not the it's not gonna be the best movie in the world it's not gonna rock you but it's cool yeah i think people like this whole thing of like shaming other people if they like a movie or something it's kind of like you know what someone else's escapism doesn't have to be the same as yours that's sometimes that's all movies are is just like they don't have to have this like deep poignancy to them they can just be like something for you to watch for like an hour and a half two hours and just like you know grab some popcorn have some fun yes but if you like speed racer (laughs) you know you're wrong i haven't seen cloud atlas how's that i know of it but i haven't saw i didn't see no i haven't seen it see okay um, that might be a to-do for next yeah. week. Watch Cloud Atlas. Because um, it's, you know, it's a big sci-fi time-hopping epic. Um, I've watched... Um, also, another thing with the trailer, I was missing Lawrence Fishburne. I know, like, I know not everybody can come back and, like, you know, realistically, you're like, okay, yeah, I can sort of understand. But it, it kind of... Mm. I missed him. <laughs> Yeah, and that that fella has confirmed that he is playing Morpheus. Yeah. The the younger yeah, and it, the younger they're guy. kind of big shoes to fill. Um, Not that I'm saying the guy can't do it. I'm sure he's great. It's just, um, 
I'll have to see because like people are so used to Morpheus it's as Lawrence Fishburne so it'll be interesting to see what they do but but the thing is the thing is that I'm trying to remember those end of those Matrix movies but Neo at least is physically dead his consciousness is brought into mm-hmm. the Matrix uh, Trinity's dead the the arc of that world is a, a rip a looping process of finding the one resetting the matrix finding the one resetting the matrix until neo breaks that cycle so they're all clones yeah. anyway and we don't know how long we don't know how long they're telling us neo has been in the matrix at this point you know so like it could be a hundred years later and we're on our fifth morpheus yeah. clone since you know before this one breaks his way in to get him the guy the guy who's playing morpheus though in this is a is a great actor He's a cool actor. He's what, in cool stuff. Do you know what else he's in? Uh, he was in Candyman. I just watched Candyman. He was Black Manta, I believe, in oh, Aquaman. Okay. He was in... He was... That character Definitely, was like underused. Yeah, he had more to give, for sure. I movie, really thought so. You know? I really thought so. Because I thought he was cool, yeah. Um, yeah, so like, you know, he's Yeah, he's I'm sure cool. he's going to be He's great. really cool. I can't really pronounce his name. It's like, it's like, yeah, 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 Abdul Manteen II, I think, something. I can't really pronounce his name, I'm going to be honest. I can't, which is bad, but he's cool. He is cool, and uh, he was awesome in Candyman, the new one. Takes a little bit of a weird turn at at one point of the movie, very close to the end, um, but it's a direct sequel to the first one, which I didn't know going in, but kind of in hindsight, yeah, it's fine. It, as in, like, it's if I knew if I knew it was a direct sequel to the first Candyman going into seeing it, it would I would have felt it was a little bit of a less of a weird turn, but yeah. Okay, so we've wandered slightly into a, a sort of review of the new Candyman movie. You yes, saw it, did sorry. you? I yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Uh, um, yeah, like I liked it. Like, but the thing is, I kind of, I really liked because he's really good in it. Okay, that's why I praise him. Uh, and and like, that's it. Like a charismatic performance definitely. can carry you through. When a it film, isn't, like you know, then yeah. an actor has has yeah. kind of crossed the threshold of being really good to being like amazing. Is if they can carry a movie that otherwise would be mediocre yeah. or even not great like so that's really high praise yeah he's 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 great yeah he's great and stuff anyways but and i did feel like he was he was Definitely. underused in aquaman because like he's he's cool looking he's a cool looking guy mm. he's a good looking guy he pulls off the black manta stuff well you know but um and as um, black manta is a, is a is such an interesting character character visually as well you know uh, he's mm. such a funny kind of costume mm. but it's great looking hey it, it was weird that like it was weird that they made that character work, but then also just kind of yeah. did nothing with him. He was just this sort of side arc thing. Like he, he, they gave him an agenda enough that he could have been really sort of like a threat. But then it was like, yeah, let's let's move on. Yeah, yeah they should have um, like they should have just taken the ocean mask thing out of it and had yeah, this guy the main villain or something. You know, had they done that yeah. for sure. Because the danger is now that he is. I can't remember how he ended up in that Aquaman movie, but the danger is now that he's going to be floating around in the yeah. next Aquaman movie and he's still never going to really get given a sort mm. of due. And then he's just going to become this sort of like character floating around like the rest of them because they're all underwater. Mm. <sighs> Sorry. Santa Manta. Um, is there anything else we want to touch on as we approach two hours here? I've watched... The first three episodes of Only Murders in the Building, which is Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez, with like a rake, the rake of like guest 
appearances that you would expect from that cast of things like Tina Fey pops up in the first episode and Sting (laughs) shows up at one point and like I think there's a lot of like SNL I will probably enjoy it Lorne Michaels kind of like I watched yeah I watched the first 15 minutes of it I thought it looked awesome and Steve Martin Martin Short and Selena Gomez are all like kind of producers executive producers and so on on the show so it's kind of I I think it's so impressive like kind of say Martin Short to Steve Martin being as like kind of I guarantee you those guys probably weren't producers on shows at the same age as mm. Selena was, you know? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, Selena's probably got, like, I mean, what year did she start doing Disney stuff? She's one of those, like, being yeah. at it since she was Wizards a child of type of thing. You know? <laughs> well, I was just saying, like, kind of credit due to her because it's fucking awesome. And she is actually great and stuff. I've seen her in a few bits and pieces now. Um, she's in a movie with Paul Rudd and she's brilliant in it. Yeah, it looks really good. Like, what a cast. I'm surprised I haven't seen it already. I should really have a look. It's, yeah, it's it's funny that it just sort of like popped up out of nowhere, I think, really. And then it was on Disney Plus. So it's, there's three episodes there on Disney Plus to watch. I think it's funny that like Martin and Short have, in the last few years, built this sort of working partnership. Like, they've worked together forever. And like, The Three Amigos is one of my favorite films. Um, but they've really had this sort of like, late career revival because like Martin Short went through a lot of health problems and I think his wife passed away as well and like he, he disappeared for you know he just went and lived his life for a while I think Steve Martin kind of retired to banjo music and was just touring with that band that he has and like that was great as well and he'd do little guest spots but the two of them kind of like seem to have found each other again and started performing and they did that show yeah they've been touring around and stuff like they came to Ireland it's nice that they kind of got this sort of working partnership together and like he's 76 or something Steve Martin like they're pushing 80 you know Um, so um, it's fun to see them working together Um, the the title is a little bit of a stumbling block for me like it's just this is a stupid little thing but when I try and tell people I'm watching only murders in the building you're like what does that mean mm, you know that yes, might be one yeah, of the reasons fair. I haven't seen it yet because I'm kind of like that's a kind of a I don't know what to make of that title so the three of them are into true crime podcasts and they bond over being into this true crime podcast and then somebody gets killed in their massive New York apartment complex and Martin Short is the producer he's an old Broadway producer who's down on his look and he's trying to you know we can do our own true crime podcast and that'll lift us all out and it's like maybe we should get a second arc going as well because somebody got killed in Central Park over here last night and we could really start looking into that to which Steve Martin replies no only murders in the building ah okay gotcha which yeah ah you know but like it's just a title that you go what the fuck does that mean and then you have to get to the context yeah it's just a little clunky um, once you see it in context or once you get the context you're like that's grand that's great that makes sense so but far it sounds like a building that's only um, just full of murders and nothing else <laughs> yeah it's a little just odd it's funny I mean I am, in a, I am I'm enjoying definitely it I'm going to check it um, out it sounds really cool so ch- check it out yeah three episodes on there Selena Gomez does seem to be selling Apple products on the show like she's drawing on her iPad a lot and she's holding it up to the camera and there's a lot of like nice little shots of going to the menus and saving things and then she switches to her MacBook Pro and it's like this is a lot of Apple placement and her Um, beats oh she's got beats (laughs) yes um, at one point Martin Short talks about how he liked his but he lost them he left them on the subway (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. once you start noticing product placement like I don't know if you remember the show Bones um, there are a number of episodes of that over a period of seasons where like somebody does like 
they change her setting and they go, what did you do? And he goes, oh, I just turned on the electric seats in this amazing Honda. <laughs> like, it's just like, Nobody why are talks we... like that in real life. <laughs> why are yeah, we... On the nose, yeah. Why are we talking about the new I'm car? S- currently, I'm sitting in an Ikea chair. Yeah. Bones is the one I always go to for this this sort of stuff because there's literally an episode where they stop what they're doing in the office and watch the trailer for Avatar and talk about what a groundbreaking what? sci-fi film it's going to be and then they go and queue up weeks in advance for tr- tickets. Just yeah. and it has nothing to do with the narrative. Um, they, they, there's, there's a B-plot where the nerds in the place are queuing to get tickets for Avatar. Wow. Mac and Me was pretty much just shot at McDonald's. Yep. Yep. They were just piling oh my on God, the ET yeah, thing. Oh Mac and Me. Um, Community community did the best um, product placement because they just they just leaned into it and, like they did it, they did exactly what every other show was doing Locked but they just it. hit it harder and like Subway at one point they go don't ever mention that sandwich corporation without remuneration you know unless we're getting paid we're not going to say the name of the <laughs> brilliant only murders in the building I'm just happy seeing Steve yeah. Martin on television They're and Martin Short such an amazing duo yes. yes yeah um, good work guys long career um, I saw Chevy Chase is on TikTok what anyway moving on that was curveball I saw one TikTok from him and it was just him looking at his phone going tell me you're a Chevy Chase fan without telling me you're a Chevy Chase fan I was like I didn't even click, try and click the link to see if anybody had taken that like sound up and done anything with it it's like oh Chevy that guy that's a guy is just it's just I don't know how he's done it but he has squandered all the goodwill he ever had and like he's still out there and he's still a kind of televisual or cinematic sort of icon to a degree but he just I used to love him but yeah it's so disappointing I'm curious to see if he'll pop up in Only Murders in the Building because you know he's the Mm. third amigo but I think Selena Gomez is the third amigo now in that in that scenario do you know what yeah that you're you're right like if 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 chevy wasn't such a controversial figure there's no reason why this wouldn't be you know these three old farts listening to a murder podcast sure trying Selena to solve crimes being except that like they young can't work with adds them. a kind of a, you know an unexpected element to it i think maybe you need that young energy with yeah. and draws, you know like in up or something you know yeah, you have Russell and then, as well, you and know? then um carl do you know you kind of need that dynamic maybe yeah, it's a good dynamic. Yeah. It's 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 it is. I mean, that's kind of the gist of my list. I think we're sort of rounding out the episode for the day. You did mention Cree that you're watching Friends for the first time. When did you start doing? Yeah, that? well, no, okay, not not for the first time. I mean, you know, whenever it's been on the TV, I've been like, oh yeah, it's Friends. So I'm very you're I'm like familiar Friends, with yeah. it, obviously. But but I decided to sit down and watch it, like you know, chronologically watch all of the episodes I mean it's all up on Netflix so why not do you know so I'd seen a lot of the episodes uh, okay. before but um, well no you know some of them like most of season one I would have seen you know I had I used to have a VHS of like the first few episodes um, that I used to watch so like there was an episode with Marcel or something you know like I, I would watch them but now I'm on season five and it's it's just it's so it's it's like coming home or something do you know it's like you're you're literally friends with these people and um, yeah, it's just it's definitely a comfort show. So I think that's why I'm really enjoying just like watching it. Are you getting anything yeah. out of the? Are you getting awesome. anything out of watching it in sequential order that you 
think you missed just seeing the odd episode here or there or well i mean not necessarily what's great about friends is that you can watch an episode and it can be anywhere in any of the seasons and you will you will still enjoy it you know but it is good to you know oh okay yeah, rachel's here now okay right she's working here that makes sense now or you know you have a bit of you know like insight into what the story is and and what the characters are going through i suppose but um but that's what i love about friends is you can watch it in any order really and still enjoy the heck out of it because it's just so good (laughs) you know um so but yeah i'm really enjoying watching it all together i think it feels like something i need to do before i call myself like an actual friends fan or or anything you know i'm like (laughs) so far i can't call myself that because i haven't seen every episode (laughs) in chronological order (laughs) So you'll get there. I, I will. I'm halfway through already. So it's when I was when I was at the dentist the other day. Uh, I was in the waiting room and they were playing Friends on the TV. It was really weird because as I was getting my tooth extracted, I could just hear the la- the canned laughter off the TV or whatever, and it laughing off the TV in the waiting room. But uh, a woman was talking to Chandler and she said, "Oh yeah, like I sp- I, I can set you up in this." Uh, blind date or something i know this guy is really cute and i chandler was horrified <laughs> that the woman thought he was gay and i was watching it going like and it's just like it was like it's just one of those things where i was watching it going like what like what's this problem and then i was like oh right yes yeah, <laughs> Back yeah. then, it hasn't aged that would have been <laughs> no it should have but nothing but nothing has and that's yeah. that's fine you can still kind of like say within the context watch, i like, mean like you know you can you have to be realistic slide, you have to be realistic but... yeah I yeah, mean, there is an episode where, where Ross is is trying to make sure that Ben doesn't play with a Barbie doll. And it's kind of like, that's really not a big deal. But Ross is pretty anal about it. But it's kind of like, okay, this is the 90s, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, but it's also when you watch, when you watch Ross doing that, it's like, everybody's meant to think like, it's not a big deal. Exactly. Ross. Yeah. He's being, being made fun of. And it's, so. it's the same with, it's the same with Chandler yeah. as well. It's just like, what's the big like, deal? Like, who cares? You know it, I mean? it, like, it is but, yeah. funny that like because we talked about this in relation to the fact that like I'm watching Spin City I don't know if you've ever seen Spin City but like it's it's a similar era show it's Michael J. Fox he's the deputy mayor of New York it's it's a big cast but a lot of the a lot of the um, the ongoing arc of it as, as much as a sitcom can have one is you know they hired a guy to be a gay um, representation in the office because the the gay rights aren't getting represented in in um, you know Manhattan legislation, so he's there to sort of be that voice. And the foil against him is this guy who's just like they they are basically best friends, but he gets to make every sort of kind of like you know Carter. When I look at you, I don't just see a giant fruit; I see my friend. You know what I mean? Like it's you know, or it's because he's hanging out with Carter, people think he's gay. So the women he spent all this time hitting on suddenly think he's less of a threat because he's gay. So he starts right. hanging out with these women and then it's going, oh, I'm so confused and letting them straighten him out. And the... Dated. Different time. Yeah. But the, the heart of this show is put gay characters on screen, give them representation and point out that there's, there's, they're just people and there's no difference and they're lovely, normal people and mm. just be fine with it. I watched Romy and Michelle's high school reunion recently. <laughs> it was so good. It was for the first time. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but uh, go see it if you haven't. Just wanted to put that out there in the podcast just before <laughs> we leave or anything. What's that? What did you say? You watched what? Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Mira Servino and Lisa Kudrow. Oh yes, that's a that's a that's a movie, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you're on a bit of a friends, very, very friends buzz. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Um, so I guess the next thing to check out is Matt LeBlanc's Lost in Space. I think I've seen that, actually. Um, I think I prefer Netflix's version. No, you're, uh, you're going to watch Joey, the spin-off. Is, there, is episodes anything to do with... No, but episodes is great. No, if you haven't seen episodes, go watch episodes. Okay. Yeah. Um, added to that extensive no, list... That is. Don't watch Joe. I know. I've, I'm filling up my page yeah. right now. Um, episodes is great. Tamsin Greg, Stephen Mangan, Matt LeBlanc, and a bunch of other people. It's fantastic. Um, Tamsin from Black yeah. Books. Is it? Yeah, love that. Um, Tamsin Greg and Stephen Mangan have written a uh, British sitcom set in a boarding school with a posh old uh, principal or schoolmaster oh, yeah. who, uh, you know takes all these boys and melds them into fine young upstanding gentlemen and they want to remake the series in the US and it becomes about a hockey team and Matt LeBlanc gets cast as the posh old school principal and gets called Pucks instead of like St. Albans school for wayward boys or what you know what I mean it um they Americanize the fuck out of it and these two writers just have to deal with um America um <laughs> And I think it was shot in Wales or something. Like I think I found out afterwards that they shot most of it in the UK, and I'm like, oh god, um, <laughs> it's Hollywood is lies. It is, indeed, it is. Hollywood, that's what we <gasps> call it. That is a stretch. <laughs> There's your ending. <laughs> Just uh, anybody have any good news? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say though, this doesn't have to be in the podcast. I did read Murder Falcon by Daniel Warren Johnson, and it's a really, really, really great comic book. And it's available on Comicsology if you can't access comic book shops and all that kind of stuff. Um, I do have the physical version of it, but it's a great book, uh, featuring big old kind of kaiju type monsters, uh, attacking Earth when a fella gets confronted by basically, uh. I don't know why you want to call it like a uh, basically he he is contacted by a being from another plane of existence called the heavy where um, they find out that metal music is the only way to defeat these monsters and these there's these instruments all across the world uh, connected to the heavy which once someone plays them or the, this chosen person plays them they can command a creature or monster or whatever that will fight these kaijus. So this guy plays his metal guitar really, really well. The better he plays it, and the more metal he is, uh, Murder Falcon fights better. And Murder Falcon is this big, huge, kind of like anthropomorphic falcon guy with a big, massive metal arm. And when he plays metal, the falcon fights the kaijus better. It is a bizarre concept, but it has some of the most heart I've ever read in a book in years. Mm -hmm. It is beautiful it is a great book the art is fantastic i think mike spencer spicer and um, does the color for it and honestly as a con like you know it's just it's just i think it's like what, like six issues or something but you can get the collected version of it as a comic book if anybody's a comic book fan or wants to read a comic book pick that book up i'm not going to say any more about it it is so worth it i loved it it's brilliant i'm also a huge fanboy of daniel warren johnson so might be biased. That sounds really cool. Yes. Good recommendation. I'm also reading Matt Fraction's Sex Criminals, which is about 
a couple who discover when they climax, they freeze time and they start robbing banks. Not sure how to respond to that one, but the last one sounded cool though. (laughs) 